Welcome to That Metal Podcast, episode 103. I'm Wolfman Dave. This is a podcast for metalheads by metalheads. Today I have two awesome metalheads, by the way. I have, we have Carrie, the Metal Geek. And What's up, man? Christian. Thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for doing this, dude. Appreciate it. And we also have Christian. How's it going, uh, Christian? Not too bad. Thanks for having me. Christian, I know we have uh, dubbed my one of my co-hosts on my show, The Metal Detector, but I'm going to call you the OG Metal Detector. <laughs> All right, that's fine. You are the you're the Metal Detector that Justin strives to be. <laughs> well, I I know I listen to a little bit of the stuff that he does not like. Yeah, so me, maybe a little is, bit more varied. Which is the stuff that I mostly like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so. I. I I've really started to get into the a little bit more of the. I used to just mainly stick the straight up metal crash, and but over the last three, four, five years, maybe I've really gotten into black metal. So mm-hmm. expanding Super my horizons. I think that's the way to go, man. I think it's it's the best way is to just listen to stuff that you usually don't listen to. Yeah, to me, metal is metal, yeah. and that's yeah. uh, one of the things that we strive to do on our show when we even first started it back in the day mm-hmm. was we would play, you know, Cannibal Corpse next to like a rat or something or, or yeah. some black metal and thrash, and it's all metal to us. It does not matter. Yeah, I, I, what's funny is like, so I'd always make playlists. That was always my thing is just to make playlists, right? So that's what I started doing on my on my phone. I have Apple Music. I make playlists, and it's exactly that how you say. Yep. I'll have when I was a, when I, yeah. I might age myself here, Christian. You might remember the doing this, but I used to make <laughs> mixtapes for my friends back in the day. You would get a, a boombox and <laughs> and actually record from one cassette to another one. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a good times. I used to see my sister do oh. that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Me and my friends, we used to go to record stores back in the day, and everybody would make sure we would buy different albums, and then we'd go yeah. home and we'd put them on the TDK D nineties, and yep. those are the best. You know, and then you just uh, swap those tapes among your friends, and then you know, like you yep. can go and buy just two records, and you're actually getting six. Well, those are the ones. That's that's the, those are the ones like they had like the yellow sticker and shit on them. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then of course, you know, like you're talking about making the mixtapes or whatever. And then of course, yeah. you, you know, like if you're trying to get somebody else into a certain kind of music yep. or whatever, like yep. I used to try and get my friends into more thrash. And so like, I, I would actually name tapes and, you know, call it like bloody thrash and mad volume one. And then just to hand that out to people and, you know, cool. people be like, Oh, who's that? And so, yeah, we live in such a different age now. Yeah. About to say it, it's still Spotify and, and all those all those places made it so easy now. Yeah, for oh. sure. So I mean, before we uh escape into to uh more conversation real quick, this episode is gonna be about the northernmost killers sentenced uh from Finland. And I know that <clears throat> they kind of wait, wait, off- wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna let you finish. What's that? Never mind. Go ahead. It was just a really <laughs> bad joke. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Uh, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, so they kind of go off on a, on a lot of different uh, genres, I would say. So this is another one of those bands for some people who um, I, I'd say they were, for example, Catatonia and, uh, let's say, an, Anathema, Anathema. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were saying, oh, well, they're not metal anymore, and this and this and that, or whatever. Um, honestly, for me, I never cared. You know what I mean? Like, I still love Sentence no matter what. Yep. So, it is, you know, they had a change at one point. Um, and so that's what's interesting to me, is, is how they evolved. So, um, before we get started, though, before we start talking Sentence, before we get into the ranking... What have you guys been listening to lately? Oh, oh. Christian, how much time do you have? <laughs> I, well, actually, you know, I, I've made a couple of notes here, but, you know, not a ton of stuff, but it's probably a lot of the same stuff that I posted on the Metal Geeks Facebook page. But hands down, best album of the week is... Um, Oh, that Demonstrator album, uh, Sinister Forces of Hatred. Oh, man, that is such a good record. I mean, it, it's probably really close to taking the spot of Thrash Metal Album of the Year. Uh, Devastator, and, and, you said? Yeah, Demonstrator. Demonstrator. But with, but with a Z instead of oh, an S. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make it difficult. You know, it's yeah. a little weird. But. Man, is that record good? I mean, they started out actually funny enough as uh, a cover band, and they would just cover thrash out uh, thrash really? songs from the past. <laughs> and this is this is her actual debut album, and yeah. holy crap, is it good? I mean, whatever they were doing, they learned a lot. Um, it is a killer, killer record. Um, other than that, you know, um, Born Home, Apotheosis. I listened uh, to that on the way home from work today. Wow, that's really good. It, it, it's probably the best black metal release of the week. Um, there's this guy named Brian Eckerman. Um, he's got an album called Plague Bringers that is really, really good. That I mean, it's this. I mean, I mean, it's really hard. I mean, the guy really he's all over the place. Uh, a lot of. Here, let me see if I can find my notes. I wrote some stuff down about him, but um, 
let me see. It's this melodic black metal mixed with a little, you know, just death metal. But, yeah. you know, when you see the name Brian Eckerman, yeah. you're not thinking black metal, you know, Brian. <laughs> you, know, it, it, you would think, you know, that the guy should have a name, you know, like Corpse Killer or something, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, like, oh, the new album that Brian just put out is pretty good. You know, it, it's a little weird, uh, but apparently he is super productive. Uh, he's put out a lot of records. Um, yeah. uh, the Omnium Gatherum album. Oh, man. I'd, I I want to say it's, it's not as bad as I initially thought. No, but it's, it's still I, not good. It's still I, not good. I listened to it. it I, I listened to it again today. And yeah. yes. It does still have some Omnium Gatherum elements to it. Yes, it's not as high quality as previous albums, mm-hmm. but I'm still I'm still enjoying it. I don't hate it. I did hear the uh, the reference he's made to Christian to uh, to In Flames. I I heard that like uh, after Reroute to Remain. Yeah, yeah, you could hear like those little elements. I don't know if it's gone that far quite yet. Uh, Maybe the next album, but we'll uh, get we'll no, let no, him, no. We'll give I mean, him time. Not not to that extreme for sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You could hear it just it's like seeping in. You know, it, it uh, feels like yeah. they were it, like they were trying. They're trying to reach a, a broader audience as well mm-hmm. as try to keep some of their original style too. Right. Um, hopefully, it's going to work out for them. You know. Yeah, and you know, I I don't. I don't <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm making fun of the vocalist, but sometimes his voice is a bit comical for me. <laughs> it just seems like it doesn't fit. But then I'm he's, like, he's not the best growler out there for sure. Yeah. It's like overly emphasized. I don't know if that's uh if that's even a thing for death metal vocals, you know? No, it can be. I, I, <laughs> I actually like, uh, when death metal growls are really emphasized and really clear and coherent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some really good people out there that can do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Michael Ackerfeld, Paul oh. Kerr from November's Doom, one of my favorites. Uh, Dan yeah. Suano. I mean, there's just so oh, many out there. Yeah, for sure. But when you when you try to do it like that, and if you're not you're not high quality, there you know it's it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like it would almost be a better record with clean vocals. Because mm. if you're gonna go there, just go I there. That. I mean, any clean vocals. Go there, just, just, just do it. I mean, if you want to reach that broader audience, yeah, right. you're gonna have to get rid of the growls anyway, or get rid of most of them. Yeah, yeah. I agree on that. Yeah. yeah, of course that'll piss off a lot of Omni and Gatherum fans. Yeah. I mean, so they're, probably, they're you know? probably already pissed off though. So fuck <laughs> it, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you, I, I will freely admit. You know, like I'm, I'm not super happy with Opus Direction. I mean, their music's great, oh. but I, it's, it's just nowhere near as good as it used to be. Yeah, after right. Heritage, dude, it just took so, a nosedive. Yeah. After delivery, I mean, I still like it. Still listen <laughs> to it. You know, Sorcerers, I still listen to that. But yes, it's nowhere near as powerful as like Blackwater Park. Yeah, yeah so, I think the I, falling I, off point was. Um, like how you mentioned, uh, Deliverance, Damnation. Uh, I didn't like the other albums after that. Watershed, uh, the which is which is which is the one that everybody seems to like before Watershed. Um, uh, I forgot the name. 
Let me see. So let's see. Oh, Ghost Revelries. That's uh, not a bad album, though. It, it's not a bad album, but I feel like that's their black album. You know what I mean? Like mm. they kind of they kind of hit it. Everybody was like <laughs> all about them all of a sudden, and and yeah. Um, what about you, Carrie? What you've been listening to? Um, we talked about, we played and talked about some of these bands on the last episode of MSR cast, uh, bad, badly named band, but one of the best mellow death albums I've heard this year is this band called destiny. I heard that it's destiny to the next level. It's a really good record. It's really good. (laughs) I heard Uh, you guys talking about that. I was by my uh, there's I made a campfire uh, bonfire outside and laughing my ass off while you guys are talking about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the new Bellacore. It's really good. Oh um, yeah, yeah. The uh, the new there's a band called Veil of Conspiracy, which played them on the show too. If you yes. haven't heard those guys, phenomenal. It's really really good. Okay. Um, and, you know this been going. I just I make a what I do. I make a playlist of my favorite albums. Um, and I just, and I get, I'll just rotate through that after I discover something, I'll add it to it. And if it picks back up again, I'm like, Oh yeah, I really like that. Yeah. It'll go to another list. There's a whole process, you know, of a whole Excel and, spreadsheet. And you, um, would you say you do the most of your listening on the road or at home? No, actually I do not listen to music. If I'm okay, if I'm driving in the car by myself, I usually will listen to a podcast because right. it keeps my mind more like you're focused uh, involved yeah. yeah but uh i listen to music all most of, most of the other time anything else i'm doing how about you christian what do you do i listen to music pretty much all day every day except our podcast I mean, he listens to our podcast yeah. all the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i actually do listen to a lot of podcasts more than i really should but you know like all the podcasts i listen to everything is sped up to 1.5 or 1. <laughs> 1.7 right you're telling me about that yeah. yeah just so i can because otherwise i'm not power through it. it yeah yeah i'm right. time for that <laughs> that's what it well, is well msr cast i have to listen to uh regular speed because i don't want to speed up the music so okay yeah that makes, so makes we'll sense do that we're Actually, just plugging away here, so man. Thank you. I Thank know, you right? plug again. The only podcast it, that I listen to. <laughs> At regular speed. At you regular know what would even make it better, yeah. Christian, is at half speed. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you'll, you'll Everything get the, you'll get the save. Death metal now. Right? You'll get to save for a little bit longer. There you go. <laughs> God damn it. Great idea. Um, make so, everything a funeral doom. That, that's it right there. <laughs> freaking funeral doom. Um, oh, dang, I lost my train of thought. Speaking so, of, if you haven't heard the new Skepticism, that's a really good album, too. Oh, I can't. That's more Funeral Doom, doom right? Uh, yeah. What's up, Christian? I can't do it. I you just do cannot it. do that too much. Doom. Oh, it's, no. We found, his, we, we found his breaking spot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a drummer. And eight I'm a drummer, a too. Oh, no, I can't do it. There's a lot of talent to 8 beats a minute, man. There really is. I'm sure there is, but my God, I'm going to fall asleep. I think uh, My Dying Bride, early My Dying Bride would have been as as slow as I got for me. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be about it. Yeah. I tried listening to a band. I, I don't know if they're Funeral Doom or not, but um, I got a promo in the mail long long time ago called sun O 
Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's more it's more drone. Drone. Yeah. yeah. I oh, I just oh that was they they advertised was, with me at one point the the record label that they were on. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember they, Christian getting records in the mail like promo uh, like cardboard promo album oh, yeah. and, Man, and then cool. all the, the press blurbs would be on the back. Yep. <laughs> Was right, everyone's so all you get the one that you're listening to the new typo negative album oh, in the middle of it oh, you're like oh, i hate those yep right in the trash it went I mean, <laughs> yep. if you didn't send me a promo that wasn't clear it went straight in the trash yeah like, i still have boxes and boxes bother. of those man i really do oh i threw them all away <laughs> did you really yeah i threw everything away at some that's, point that's i had Shit, I probably had four thousand, five thousand CDs. Crap, dude. Yeah, and I, I, I went digital. I just transferred it all to my computer, and then oh, got wow. rid of all the CDs that I had. Well, it was becoming a pain in the ass to try and find room for everything. Yeah, right. that's definitely and, true. And and of course, now I collect vinyl. So uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's even got to a that's bigger cool. format. Yeah, yeah. You know, now it takes <laughs> up more room. <laughs> So, let's move on to. Actually, well, you know what I was going to mention. I was listening to Parasite Inc. You guys heard of Parasite Inc.? That's uh, really familiar. familiar. There's a really cool album called Dead and Alive, and that is a. Uh, they're pretty much like this melodic, melodic death metal band. Super good. Totally recommend them. And I was listening to Andromeda, uh, Swedish. Uh, and Andromeda, super cool uh, prog metal band. Oh yeah, I have, I have some of their uh, cardboard promos. That's cool. That's <laughs> cool. Did you have? Do you have the uh, extension of the wish? I don't. I don't remember. I'd have to look okay. at the covers to remember. That's the one that uh, I kind of gravitate towards. Um, obviously, we've been listening to all of us. Probably been listening to a lot of sentence and whatnot. So oh, I have. We've uh, sure. we've done a, a complete dive this past week on him again yeah and so i guess we'll, we'll talk about it momentarily we'll talk about it in a minute so if you guys know we've re- we recently recorded um our halloween episode recently uh we talked about some of our favorite Hall- uh, halloween movies which on your uh recommendation i checked out the muppets uh, haunted mansion it was oh, did you awesome. yeah it was great Total- right totally loved it if you're uh, a, if you're a fan of either property it's it's just total fan service. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, so I was like, this is gonna be a regular for me every year. Yeah, this, yeah. It's a regular rotation for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so like, what are some of you guys' uh, favorite? Um, doesn't have to be like seasonal Halloween movies, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe horror movies. I would say. You want to go first, Christian? This is all on you because I. Do not like horror movies. Oh, really? Yeah, don't like them at all. Like, <laughs> I don't. No, nah, not for me. I, 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 I'm not a big horror guy. Uh, I know some of my co-hosts really are into it. Um, I'll let them sort of handle a lot of that. Yeah. But last year, they sent me on a journey uh, when I during the pandemic when I had a lot of free time yeah. to watch a bunch of horror movies I had never seen before. Okay. Uh, growing up, I mean, my favorites are, I, I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan, the whole series. Uh, I like Child's Play a lot. Um, okay. I like Friday the 13th. I like the staple Halloween, that type of stuff. Right. Um, Classics. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really a horror gore porn type of guy. 
<laughs> so there's like, like there's a bunch of movies I've never seen. Like I just never want to like Saw. I've never see Saw. I never will never see Saw. You're not missing much, dude. I had to go a long way for that joke too. Um, yeah, I know. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like I like I like some zombie movies. I watched Train to Busan last year for the first time. That's amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I I really liked. Uh, I like a little bit of comedy in my horror. So um, I there's a, a series, Happy Death Day. Have you ever seen that? Um, okay. I know. Which one I watched I the remake of Freaky. Uh, I I watched it a few times. I I actually really like that. A recent movie. Okay. Um, Vince Vaughn and the the <laughs> the cheerleader from high school. They sort of change places. One and Vince Vaughn's like a serial I've killer. Seen, I've seen the. Uh the cover for that but i haven't seen that. it's really good actually surprisingly good yeah um i, I actually know. saw that movie what did you think is it's funny right i yeah i thought it was funny so i mean if if the horror has comedy elements to it i'm in yeah but i'm totally you know, that I, too. I try to usually stay more more positive i guess and uh, i mean there's enough horrible things going on in the world i don't want to watch a movie that makes me feel bad too there's, so, a, there's I, enough horror in our know, music the, right oh yeah That's and i mean oddly enough though i do really like horror themed comic books love horror oh, really? comics, but for some odd reason can't really do movies just not really a fan of movies what's your favorite horror comics it's actually kind of messed up because I'm, I'm a big fan of that series the crossed um I think it was started by Garth Ennis. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Where everybody gets that rash on their face. It looks like a cross. Yeah. And the whole, the whole thing about this is that they, uh, once they get infected by this thing that they do the most depraved evil thing that whatever comes to their mind, they do. <laughs> so like if they, they feel like, you know, stabbing their neighbor, neighbor in the eye with a fork, that's what they do. And then if they feel like, you know, they're going to have sex with the hole that it created, they're going to do that too. And, you know, it's just really messed up. Uh, and, you know, authors like Garth Ennis and David Lapham and stuff, they, they, uh, you know, the writers, they come up with some really messed up stuff. I, I really but enjoyed it, the series so, called Harrow County. Have you, have you guys read that? That's really good. Too. Yeah. Colin Bunn is amazing. Really good. Yeah, um, I've read Rachel Rising is really good. Um, uh, what was it? Re- I want to say not Rese- Resurrection, Revivalists or something like that. Mm. Uh, where all of a sudden people are coming back to life. They're not, but not as zombies. They're just coming back to life. Um, oh, wow. Man, I can't remember. There's a- I'm pretty sure there was a movie and a TV series, right? The Returned, the One Hundred. Yeah. There's just like over yeah, the Hundred, uh, Avengers in Game. Yeah, there's a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've not gotten into like graphic novels, comics, stuff like that. Uh, the only one that I think I don't know if I've talked to you guys about, uh, kind of interested in, is uh, Mouse Guard. That was oh, probably. Yeah. I w- that would be the one that I want to dive into, but man, they're always sold out, dude, on Amazon. Uh, and um, when I go to the Barnes and Noble, they're like, "What? <laughs> what is that?" So I have to probably have to special order it at one time with them. 
Um, little pro tip for you: just check out your local library. You'd be surprised what you can find there. They actually, they, I've noticed they do a really good job of having stuff there. If not actual in print, you know, like you can actually. Uh, there's like in my area, we have a service called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My wife uses yeah. that more than I do. Yeah. yeah. And you can sign out digital books, you know, and then read That's it on so your cool. iPad, whatever. And yeah. so it, it's a lot of times they have a ton of graphic novels that you didn't think about. Okay. I'll check that out. That's cool, man. Thank you. Um, that's actually never, it never occurred to me. <laughs> so I shall do that. Um, so I would, before we get on to some of the more, uh, the next, you know, the main topics, I would say, I just wanted to see what your thoughts were. And I'll, if you want, I'll go first. I know, I know we all have, I think maybe possibly different, differing thoughts on the whole astral world. Uh, uh, Travis Scott incident that, that people were, trampled to death and whatnot. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, people posting up memes. Uh, supposedly, I mean, the whole idea of some people were saying this wouldn't happen at a metal show. Then other people were saying, right, like that would not ever happen at a metal show. And it could, put, you know, they put you know, dime, dime bags picture. This wouldn't happen at a middle show. And it's like, that's a total, completely different incident. A different thing. I, yeah. I totally agree, dude, because I, I, I sing that and that sort of annoys me and pisses yeah. me off a little bit because a pit is different than the situation that happened at this festival. This has happened at many different festivals before, but never really to this degree, as far as I know. And being so close to home, it, it hit hard because like, uh, like I was telling you guys earlier before we started, I to get to my job, I drive past NRG. I drive right past the location, and it caused me to be late on two days because they had cut, they had taken some of the lanes from the street and put equipment there. There was, you know, news trucks and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so it really backed up traffic for a while, and that night. Uh, I didn't know it happened until like I woke up the next morning when I saw it on the news. I'm like, wow, I was just right there. But when I was trying to get home that afternoon on Friday afternoon, there were so many people trying just crossing streets everywhere. It yeah. was a madhouse. It really was. Jeez. Yeah. You know, and it, it was poorly handled, dude. Poorly handled. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, when they were just storming the gates to get in, there should have been, okay, there's something right there. We needed to do something about this. Uh, from what I know, a lot of these places, the security aren't really trained on how to handle this type of stuff. They're just hired to make sure that, oh, you can't go in here, you know? Right. Um, people were, from some of the first, uh, uh, you know, first-person accounts that I saw, people were being ignored when we were trying to tell stuff to people. Same thing I saw. We, yeah, we don't know. We don't know if anybody was telling the artist tra with Travis Scott, right? If okay. what was going on, because there's just, I'm sure in his eyes, it's just a sea of fucking people. I can curse, right? Yes, of course. Okay, fuck yes. All you um, uh, <laughs> there's just a sea of people, and if he doesn't see it personally, physically, he might not know. And if security didn't run up on stage and tell him, hey, there's problems going on, we need to stop. Right. He might have not known, but he could have known too. 
So it, I'm playing the devil's advocate there right. a little bit, you know. And there's also the issue of from the first hand account saying that they were trying to get a hold of security, saying what was going on, yeah, being being ignored. And then there's this whole other element being thrown around of people getting injected. Yeah, a cop got injected or something. Yeah, and so and then verified apparently by one of the paramedics or somebody that there was an injection site on the neck or somewhere. And to me, that's just bizarre. Like, what was that all about? Uh, People were getting injected, you know? Like, yeah, that's horrible. um, You don't you go you don't expect things like that to happen when you go to a show. They shouldn't happen. No. Um, so somebody shouldn't be able to get I be get into a festival site with needles like that. But then again, you saw like the people just storming the gate, basically just getting right. in. They it was too many people. Uh, everybody's been you know cooped up for a year and a half, two years, and they're like, oh, big festival, let's do it. I don't think, yeah. And the stage is huge, man. I drove when I was driving. I they still have the stage up even today when I was driving home. Yeah. It's this huge, massive stage. Um, it's just it's it's a sad situation. I mean, and going back to where you said about the the metal doesn't this doesn't happen in metal shows. It's different, right? In metal shows, there's a pit. People know the etiquette. They understand. They're there for a reason to have fun. And mm-hmm. some people take it to a different degree, but. The situation at Astroworld, it was too many people, people pushing up, and people were unable to breathe, and they were going down, and then there was no place. You couldn't, there was so crowded, you couldn't, if you saw somebody down, there was no way you could pick them up, because then you would have been down. Yeah. It was just, yeah. it's just putting too many people in a small little place, something bad is going to happen. Yeah. I think he, uh, they're already starting to throw lawsuits at him, right? Yeah, they are. There was no six feet uh, rule there. No. no. <laughs> what do you think, Christian? Uh, see, I, I don't really want to blame the, you know, this Travis Scott guy. I, I don't know who he is, but I don't really want to throw blame at him unless it comes out that, yeah, somebody told him what was going on yeah. and he refused to stop. Because, you know, if he just, you know, like all of a sudden stops a show, you could just as well have a riot. Uh, you know, that's well, happened. Axel, Axel Rose caused riots before, too, you know, yeah. by him just saying, oh, I'm out of here and well, leaving the stage. Yeah. I yeah. And, you know, people are rioting in the streets after that happened. Now, granted, that's a completely different situation. But, uh, you know, that's just Axel Rose being a dick. But, <clears throat> you know, if it comes out that, you know, they this guy knew about it, and just like uh, I don't mm-hmm. care, uh, then yeah, lawsuits coming out the wazoo. But honestly, you know, he's got people that are supposed to handle his security. It's it's not like he hires the security. He's got people that set up the security. He's got people that you know are you know telling him you know what's going on. I mean, th- they should have already been you know on some sort of alert after you know like what Carrie was talking about you know when they stormed the gates to the VIP section to get in i mean yeah. these people were just running by you know uh these cops on horseback and they couldn't be stopped and you know they, they had a camera crew there and the camera crew was catching them and these people just running by looking at the camera going woo and like you add alcohol to that there's going to be a problem alcohol already, drugs and pe- too yeah. many people yeah, yeah you know, in such a small spot, 
Yep. And people are just too crowded in and there was no place for anybody to go. You know, in metal shows, it's, you know, in front of the stage, it gets super crowded. But mm-hmm. if you go along the edges, you can get out. There's always I've, a way out. I've been to one or two metal shows that I was so uncomfortable. It was so crowded. We had to leave. One of them, uh, there's a, there a, a club down here called the Scout Bar. Uh, Sabaton, the last time Sabaton played there, the first time they played there, there was like 30 people there. The last time I saw them there, you couldn't move. We had to turn sideways and then turn our head to look at the stage. It was so many people. Me and my wife were like, you know what? This is not worth it. Let's just leave. So we left. It was too much. And Testament played there one time, and it was pretty much the same way. It felt very uncomfortable. You could not go anywhere. You couldn't move. You, Uh, you, You were in a spot, and that was it. You could not get anywhere. And that's probably, and that's just a, you know, a medium sized club. When you get that many people where you can't move, you can't do anything, it's disaster, man. Yeah. And how many people that snuck in didn't even have tickets, you know what I mean, that stormed in? <laughs> That's true. How, I, how I, can they determine? I feel like he might have just hired security for him. <laughs> Protect me. <laughs> Who well, cares what happens? You, you know, a lot of a lot of places do that, though. I mean, everybody yeah. knows that even at metal shows, the security there is not, they're, they're not there to protect somebody that, you know, in the crowd. They're there to yeah. make sure that you don't get backstage. That's what they're there for. Yeah. And, yeah. or that you're not trying to rip off the merch table. You know, that, that's what they're there for. Yeah. They're not yeah, there for true. you. Uh, and everybody knows that. I mean, you know, to, to think that, you know, you, at most, they probably had what two, three hundred security people for a crowd that size. They weren't going to be able to do anything anyway. If, if even if they knew what was going on, it's not like they would have been able to stop it. Yeah, three hundred people when then there's fifty thousand attendees. That's not. It's not enough. That's no, not. Especially when you know the. It was pretty obvious there that there's quite a few people there that just plain and simple didn't care. So, mm-hmm. you know, man's inhumanity towards man. I mean, you can never be surprised by how that can go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. And I, I, I feel bad for anybody that lost their life at the show or got hurt or any of those type of things. There was like, it's like a 14 year old kid that, that died. Yeah. Like that's horrible. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened. I saw, I saw right. a video of some guy having his kid that was, max five or six years old that he had on his shoulders and stuff it's like man like that's uh, i don't know if i'd be like i, I don't think i'd be taking my five-year-old kid to vakin and you no. know like right yeah, that's kind of a maybe not a great parenting move <laughs> i mean that's the difference between a festival like okay so i've been to nrg park it's uh you know, it's the surrounding area around the NRG Stadium where Astroworld okay. is, Astrodome is. Astroworld used to be across the street, if you don't guys don't know, the real Astroworld. Now okay. it's just a blank fucking lot, which is noise the hell out of me. I drive <laughs> by and I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. But like Vulcan, it's so big. They're so massive. You have the room for that many people. Yes. You don't have the room for this many people. In in that in that, no matter how big it is, how many acres or whatever they were using, it's still not big enough. Because you saw those crowd photos, yeah, it was massive. It was like a Vulcan. There was that many people there, but in a much much smaller space. Right. 
And it, and was not, it was not bigger on the inside. They weren't prepared. You're right. It was They were doomed from the start, it seems like. And you have to bear in mind, at Vakken, they have X amount of tickets once those mm-hmm. are sold out, which is usually two hours after they go on sale, which sure. they, they actually go on sale like super quick. The, the next day after the show yeah, uh, is usually yeah, when they, it goes on sale. Before like, even bands are announced and it sells out in four hours. Dude, it's know? like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. here when they go on sale you know it's like shit oh yeah and you know there's no bands listed or anything people just know it's gonna have be a you, good have you ever been yeah. to Vakken christian or any big metal fest like that in europe oh, i was at the original monsters of rock that they used to have tour with you oh, know yeah. and you know like the donnington festival i've been there wow um uh but you know that like i've been to the 84 Five Monsters Rock, I want to say, 86, 87, 88, um, all those. And, I mean, Vakken wasn't a thing yet by the time I left Germany in 91. Um, so, actually, Vakken is, you know, kind of like a, a bucket list kind of thing. I, I really yeah, want to yeah. go to a Vakken show. I would love to. It's- I want to go to it, but to stay far back away from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, when you consider, like, you know, some of the improvements that they made, like, they... The uh, this is such a great story about how uh, the beer trucks were tearing up the grounds that they have Vakken in every year. Yeah. Uh, Vakken is actually the name of the town that it's in, right? Yeah, it's actually a sleepy little town that you know, there's nobody really there, but the beer trucks kept having to go back and forth to get more beer, so they decided to build a actual like. It's like a, a four-inch pipe, pipe. Yeah, yeah. That, that goes directly to the festival grounds just for beer. <laughs> it's like that's how that's how you know a festival's doing a good job. That's like, a, that's beer infrastructure. Oh yeah. hell yeah! I didn't see that in the new bill. Beer economics. Yeah, <laughs> beer economics. I mean, Germany has better beer infrastructure than America has regular infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> that's true so true yeah, that's so funny before uh hey uh day before we move on we talked about comics and metal a little bit yeah uh i want to mention if you for your people that are listening or you if you haven't read murder falcon you need to okay oh i've read that oh daniel it's so warren good isn't it? daniel warren johnson guys yes sir he's, he's a huge metal head so he is it, yeah so he wrote music to, the, to each good. one too yeah. Uh, we actually had him at Comic Palooza the year before this came out. I was like, "Oh man, just the timing!" But uh, for each out for each issue, there was like seven issues, six or seven issues. Each uh, B cover, like alternate cover, yeah. was based on a, a famous heavy metal cover. So oh, there was like, cool. there, there was, yeah, you got to look it up, dude. It was like Painkiller. There was Megadeth. There was even Bolt Thrower. It was in Pantera. It's pretty great. What's pretty the cool. name again? Murder Falcon. Murder Falcon. There it is. Falcon. Yeah. And you don't really want to spoil the, what the story is about, but it's no, nope, I do not. Too. But it's it's just a really really good book. Ah, so cool. Okay, cool. I have it here now. So it's a great story. Thank you. Actually, you know what, uh, Carrie? Can you plug yourself real quick so that everybody knows um, where else they can find you? Sure. Uh, well. Uh, you guys, if you don't know who I am, I am Carrie the Metal Geek. I've been podcasting since 2005. Uh, I used to do a fanzine back in the late 90s here in Houston, Texas called Mainstream Resistance. 
we stopped in 2001 and we, we revisited it a few times online, but it didn't really just work. Um, and then the, my, my co-host at the time cryptos, Papa Josh, who's, uh, now in a bunch of bands locally, uh, we decided, Hey, I heard this thing called a podcast. Let's, let's do one of those. <laughs> What's and that? we just, we just sort of jumped in. That was, uh, November of 2005, no, September of 2005. That's cool. And, uh, it went a couple, couple of iterations of different hosts and stuff like that. And then one day my last host, uh, John Michael, we just started geeking out on like comics and stuff and, we're like, you know what? Why don't we just do a second show and just talk about all that other geeky stuff? And that's right. where Metal Geeks came from. And that was 2000. Oh my God. 2014, 15, no, 2013. That's cool. Wow. So, yeah, I'm doing it way too long, man. I'm feeling yeah. old. But if you <laughs> want to check us out, uh, we are all over the internet, metalgeeks.net. Uh, we're on all those social media channels at Metal Geeks at MSRcast. And my co host on MSRcast is one of the most articulate metalheads you'll ever meet, uh, Sean the Metal Pigeon. He's amazing. And yeah, we have a good time, man. That's awesome. We got to yeah. get you. We've been talking to get Dave on the show, either one, and yeah. just do a whole episode about Aryan, Aryan Lickison. Yeah. Oh, I'm. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's going to be hopefully pretty soon, man. Um, yeah, we'll have to arrange that for sure. Yeah, and I was going to talk to you. Um, well, ask and talk to you about this. Do you guys watch on uh, YouTube maybe Sea of Tranquility? Um, yes, I have watched them. Okay. I seen. I saw his interview with Aryan before. That's how okay. I knew about it. Oh, him. okay. It, the thing, too, is that like I love how he has the, the – the, it's not the Hollywood squares. But, you know, that's what he calls it, the whatever squares – yeah, and it, it's all his homeboys. They just hang out and they're just talking, and it'd be cool for us to do something like that. You know what I mean? Just to get the boys and just talk about metal and geek out and stuff. Yeah, like that. man, I've always wanted to do more uh, with you know, like a metal network or something. It's just Correct. it's just very yeah. time consuming, and oh, I don't have the yeah, time dude. for it, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it yeah. should be. Uh, you know, they do like the rock and pod fest in Atlanta each year, which I haven't gone to yet. It's okay. just a good way. It's a good start to, to bridge everybody together, you know? Yeah. For Cause sure. we're not, we're all not making money off of this stuff. We're just out here right. supporting, you know, it's, it's for the love of music and for the love right. of metal, dude. Exactly. Come right. on, man. You got into this at 2005. You got into the ground floor when all that money was flowing. I've made five <laughs> bucks, man. <laughs> but you know i i will tell you, you the coolest thing though is you probably uh, made tens of dollars <laughs> tens of whole dollars <laughs> i do the coolest thing i mean i've had a lot of great experiences just from doing this and i'm sure dave you agree yeah. i mean i ran in uh one of the i actually got to meet kevin smith one day and i was talking to him and i actually gave him my business card for the podcast he's like That's oh so tell cool. me about your show I was like, oh, it's something we started in 2005. We're like, 2000. He's like, you've been doing this way fucking longer than me. I'm like, dude, if I can just get like 1.01% of your listeners, I'd be happy. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, yeah. his his pod is also great. And uh, I uh, mean, it's led me to some interesting interviews. Uh, yeah. I got just like, how you, you just think, how did I get here? I yeah. remember uh, there's a big festival, a comic book convention here in Houston called Comic Palooza. Uh, you know, no spoilers or, or, you know, not to hide anything, but I do work for them as well. Yeah. But, uh, the year we had, uh, Dave Ellison, I oh, got wow. to moderate his panel. 
That's on so stage, cool. just me and him. It was, and it was like one of those, how did I get here? And then the next year I got to interview, <laughs> uh, do the fear factory panel, which oh, was cool. amazing. And the whole time burden, Every time that Dino would talk, Burton would like lean over, lean over to me and like start telling me weird jokes and like inside <laughs> jokes that I yeah. had no, I had I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, oh, he's yeah. telling me inside jokes like I'm part of the joke or something. I don't yeah. know. Like, all right, dude. Did he like roll his eyes at Dino and like? Uh, I didn't really notice any of that, but yeah. every time that Dino would start talking about important shit, he would like try to lighten the mood. Definitely yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's funny, dude. That's they're cool, good guys, man. but yeah. yeah, you'll get the. I mean, you'll you'll be one day. I'm like, you'll you'll be interviewing somebody. I'm like, how is this happening, man? What, yeah. what is going on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool, dude. Have um, you started doing interviews yet or anything? Uh, here and there, I did. Uh, so far, I've been doing like local. So we did the pissing razors. Uh, did uh, oh yeah. Yeah, did also Caesar Soto from Ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then our boy uh, from shit, I forgot the name of the band. Is it Grace uh, Guys Fallen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, I've so known, dude. I've known. I didn't know you. I I didn't know you did that. I have. I've known Rick since like nine early two thousand ninety nine. One of the early first Milwaukee Metal Fest. Yeah, first interview I ever did, and we became friends there. That's yeah, he's a cool dude. dude. Man. Very cool dude. Yeah, yeah, man, pissing razors, man. I can't believe they're back. Yeah, dude, and f- I mean, in full force, man. Just released a new album. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're they're in right now, man. And I think they're gonna hit you guys up, or they're gonna hit. They're hitting. They're doing Texas. I know for sure. Oh, that'd be interesting to see. I haven't so. seen them in like feels like twenty years or something. Yeah, yeah been a long been, time. It's been a long ass time. So, actually, let's kind of bridge this a little bit. Uh, so, maybe, how did y'all get into metal? You know, like, how did that happen? How did you become the metal geek? And how did you, Christian, become the metal encyclopedia? You know what I mean? <laughs> there, that, I like that name. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, my story is actually kind of weird because my parents are really big country music fans or at least they were when i was younger and it's you, you know that charlie daniels song devil went down to georgia mm-hmm. oh yeah i contend to this day the devil won that um, <laughs> he won that contest his music was way better and so like from that point on i kind of like i i kind of like heavier music than what my parents were obviously listening to you know they were a lot of conway twitty and you know this kind of stuff right. um and I, I remember very clearly, you know, the the first albums that I ever bought with my own money was uh, uh, AC this, you know, ACDC when they got their new singer, you know, after Bon Scott died, they came back with this album, Back in Black, <laughs> and you know, I was like eleven, ten yeah. or eleven years old at the time, and. I actually bought it with my own money and I was like, Whoa, this is so cool. And I wore that tape out. And yes, back then ACDC was metal. Uh, It's not really considered metal now, but you know, I I would, I would say that to prove your point, maximum overdrive solidifies that as well. (laughs) I would agree. (laughs) <laughs> I uh I I've I've discussed this on the Metal Geeks podcast before, but I worked on a ACDC video game. 
the rock band ACDC no for way. way too many months in my life. <laughs> so I, I don't listen to them much anymore. It's okay. I get you. Yeah, I listened yeah. to them. It was the track pack, so it was like the, the ACDC live album. And playing that 40, 50 hours, 60 hours a week, yeah, it makes you start it, not liking a band a it little wears bit. You down. Yeah. It does. Yeah. With yeah. ACDC, I have a huge amount of respect for this band. And I I have their entire discography on vinyl. Um, well, outside of the new one. But, uh, no. you know, just a band, any band that can do exactly what they do, but do it so damn well that you don't care. (laughs) Like they have not released a new album since 1981. I mean, let's be realistic here. There has not been a new ACDC album since 1981. They've all been roughly the same, right? But it's, they're just different enough to where you're like, yeah, that's good. That's some ACDC, right? You know, that ACDC live dude is fucking killer. I know maybe carried by now you're, (laughs) <laughs> you're like, whatever about it but that album is actually a very good live album yeah you used to like it yeah <laughs> i would contend the best hard rock song like if like if there was a theme song for hard rock yeah uh it would have to be highway to hell uh you know how could it not be very iconic. that is the perfect song for what is hard rock mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't disagree with that for sure but i will tell you that is a fucking iconic song. So, uh, I like Dirty Deeds though. Or uh, I only like it when they're done dirt cheap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's the other one? Um, shit, man. Something rock. Uh, <laughs> that's all of them. Uh, let me see. I have it here. HDC live. I mean TNT, great song. Jail let there, let, let song. there be rock, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah let there that, be rock. The, one of the heaviest songs that they've done, besides uh, Razor's Edge. Oh, such a good one. <clears throat> so many iconic songs, though. I mean, and you you just can't. Uh, just how well they pull it off. When did you? Know, you they, uh... don't, they don't care. So Christian, mm-hmm. when did you progress from ACDC to like heavier stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh, from ACDC, my next one was probably, um, you know, more guitar oriented. I started listening to uh, the Scorpions. Oh yeah, uh, and, love the Scorps. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, at that era, you know, you're talking Blackout, uh, such a great mm-hmm. record. And then, of course, from there, oh, yeah. you go to Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. And I've been a, you know, Maiden has been my favorite band ever since. So, you know, for a while there, I will admit uh, Metallica kind of took over after mm-hmm. Master of Puppets. And I saw them opening up for Ozzy. Um, I actually went to that show four different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we followed them around in Germany just because. <laughs> um, and I mean, there were a couple of shows there where uh, they Ozzy wasn't on the bill and it was just them That's cool. uh, because they were big enough. They were big enough in Germany at that point to, to headline. Yeah. Uh, not big enough here, but definitely big enough there. And man, they just blew you away. I mean, I mean for a band at that time to get up on stage, just jeans and t-shirts and mm-hmm. just kick your ass. 
you know, yeah. just kick your ass. Uh, I, I really wish they would do that again, but you know, is what it is, I guess. It's kind of hard to be pissed off at the world when you got millions of dollars in the bank. Ah, uh, yeah. So, did, did, yeah. Did you guys hear the uh the their podcast by new chance? I have not. I, have not. You know, I didn't even know they had one. It's incredibly interesting uh, to hear their mindset of why they changed from Injustice for All and why they went to the Black Album. Like uh their frame of mind was that people were just not paying attention at shows anymore. They started seeing everybody kind of like looking around like this is boring, you know, whatever. And they're like, what's happening? You know, what the fuck's going on? Some of their close friends, like you guys really fucked up with injustice for all. And that's my favorite album from Metallica. Uh, I, I would dispute that 100% because I saw a ton of shows with Metallica yeah. Uh, during that era, and there was nobody looking around. Everybody see, was transfixed. You see, and then, mean, when it's Lars yeah. talking about this, you know, I, he can't be trusted. So when you hear it, it kind of makes sense in the way they're explaining it. So they're like, they, we wanted to go uh, something more focused and, you know, uh, maybe radio friendly where it's like uh, shorter tracks. You remember and, that box set that they came out with that year and a half in the life of Metallica? Yeah, I do. You know, with the I double, have that. Yeah, I actually had it somewhere. I don't I know. I had the VHS of version of it. Yeah, so did I. So did I. <laughs> yeah, it came with that little book and then that uh, spray, uh, like, stencil. Yeah. Stencil that came with it. Oh, yeah, that's it. right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in that, you know, like, and you see it later on and when they're talking about, like, you know, when they when they look over at Lars and he's like, Do you see that? Like half the crowd were chicks. And you know, like <laughs> then he's just putting his fingers together like he's, you know, squeezing some money or whatever. And he's <laughs> like, That's how you know you made it. And you know, it's like uh, right there, you're thinking, Ah, oh, man, they're not gonna go there, are they? You know, and do you know where I got lost on Metallica? Did. Hmm. exactly i know the exact moment where i'm like you know what i'm over this band it was in the documentary some kind of monster uh lars was selling some fucking painting at auction (laughs) and it only went for a million dollars and he complained about it i was like well well you're so away from your fan base now i'm done what an asshole yeah i right i kind of lost it after the i mean i understand why they did it the whole uh tape trading thing the uh napster napster thing no oh, yeah I, I, I understand why they did it and i'm sure they were pushed more more or less by the record company a little bit um, uh but that being said you know they made their career off of tape trading that's exactly what, literally i was going to ask you what's the difference right and uh i feel like there is no difference just time you know technology was a little different yeah yeah, mean, it's the same it, thing. It's the same thing. So it's, I feel like he's just like a backstabbing, you know, just son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that list I put together every week that I post on the Metal Geeks uh, yeah. fa- uh, Facebook page, um, you know, I, I put like a one star or two star. Two star means that like you really shouldn't miss this record. Listen right. to it. They're all the, all of the records on that list are going to be really good, but one star are going to be like above that. And two star is probably best of the week. Yeah. 
And what I try to do is like most of the stuff I listen to on Spotify. And so from that point, if it makes two stars, I'll try and buy the album. I'll try and buy the vinyl uh, because it's the best of that week. And so it's, it's a perfect example of the tape trading and stuff like that still works. I mean, it's more modern now. And, you know, people complain about, you know, artists not making dick on Spotify. That's true. But if, you can get your music out there and somebody will create a fan like, Yeah. Somebody like me will buy it. I compared Spotify. And I've mentioned this before to remember you used to be able to go to a record store and go, you know what? I like, I've heard about this band. I like this cover. Can you open this CD and let me listen to it? That's yeah. what I compare it to. And if you like it, you should buy it. Yeah, for sure. Go yeah. buy it digitally, go buy their vinyl, go support them live, buy a shirt, just Bandcamp, whatever. Bandcamp for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, that's just that's the way I use Spotify now. It's oh, this is a you know, I Christian is gonna tell me about a band. I'm gonna go listen to it right away. It's it makes it so easy, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, these the kids these days, they just don't know. Oh, I remember back in the I remember back in the day, the only way you found out about other bands was magazines. Well, that or you would read the liner notes on the album and you would see who this band, uh, who this band toured with, who they're thanking in their thank list. And then you would write that down and you go to the record store and be like, you got this. Because they toured with this band that I really like. Mine got to be somewhat similar. I agree. Mine was also Metal Maniacs. If they, oh, you know, they yeah. did, I would look through the pen pal section, and Same. if yeah. somebody would say, "Hey, I'm looking for friends that are in the bands like this, 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 and this," I'm like, yeah. "I've never heard of those bands. If they liked this other band, they I must like that band." Right. And that was <laughs> it. Was weird. Yeah, there was th- that. I loved like how you're saying, Christian. The and the liner notes, sometimes you have band pictures and then the t-shirts that they're wearing yeah. themselves. Uh, and my cheaper uh, frugal ways, I would say, is I'd buy like the uh, record uh, samplers from Century Media, from uh, Nuclear Blast and whatever. Oh, on yeah. the cheap, man. Metal Blade had some on the cheap, the Metal Meister, the Death Meister series. Um, Old uh, Metal Massacre. They had, Massacre, I mean, yeah. they had the metal massacre of the made Metallica famous. But, the, identity, I mean, the, the identity oh, albums, the I love were, those, dude, from yeah. Century Media, dude. Yeah, so half those are the ones that I would buy because they were like five bucks. And, Wasn't there a magazine yeah. that used to put out a sampler CD like Brave, Brave Words, Words and Bloody Knuckles or something? Brave they used Words to put a sampler Knuckles. CD, yeah. And you know what? They weren't even that more expensive. I would say, I think uh, they were like X, nine bucks or something, yeah, dude. Uh, and then you could read up on them and then you can listen to them. I mean, that was brilliant. You know, I, I just, it sucks. Yeah, that, I thought it was a great idea. It sucks that um, physical media like that is, it's gone. I know decibel still does theirs, which is great, uh, but it sucks. The metal maniacs is gone. I think they just have a webzine. I believe now. Um, Brave Arts and bloody knuckles. Awesome. I'm always following um, Tim Henderson. Uh, yep. He's, he's great. Such a nice dude. Saw him, met him a few times on, well, a couple times on the 70K. Uh, he and his wife are always off in Sephora. Sephora. Good people, man. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's always ways for you to find stuff and and uh, kind of 
well, if I like this band, I'm going to buy the CD, which was, that's exactly what I was doing with the sampler CDs, you know? And oddly enough, nice segue, David, I know. <laughs> one of the bands that I discovered was Sentenced. Uh, so Sentenced, that was my way of, of actually discovering Sentenced. And uh, it was one of the Identity series uh, that you're talking about, Kerry. Oh, yeah. Uh, but how did you all discover? <laughs> how was your, how did you make your discovery with Sentenced? Well, mine, um, you know, the, there was kind of a dead zone in the 90s uh, as far as metal went, you know, when grunge started to take over. Uh, it wasn't really easy to find metal anymore. And I remember I went into a uh, a local Sam Goody here in Ames, Iowa, where Iowa mm -hmm. State University is at. And I was just looking around in their area and, you know, their metal section. It was pretty lame, really. Um, and I go up to the counter and I was like, do y'all have any like real metal? You know what I'm talking about? Like real metal. And they're like, well, there's some stuff over there. And it's like, no, I already looked through that. I'm talking about real metal. And they go, oh, hold on a second. You want to talk to Jared? And I was like, who the hell is Jared? And he was like, hold on Let a second. Jared. And they go, yeah, they, they went in the back and this dude comes out from the back, super long hair. I'm like, <laughs> This is going to be a guy that's going to know something about this. Well, this guy had put together an end cap at the Sam Goody, and he was putting fake skews on stuff just so he could carry it in the store. And it was a <laughs> bunch of Century Media nuclear blast stuff. That's badass. And, um, you know, the store didn't necessarily carry it, but he could put it in the store and sell it, um, you know, <laughs> by putting this fake skew on there. Yeah. And he's like, that's that day I was introduced to um, iced earth, nice. uh, which, which, you know, uh, less said about that, the better at this point. Yeah. This um, point. Yeah. yeah. But great band at the time, great band at the time. Um, and he's like, Oh, you're going to like this. And um, so I, I bought that and I listened to it in my CD player on the way home in the car and I was blown away. <laughs> and of course skip. I did the, I, yeah, I did the exact same thing that I used to do in the 80s. And I started like, uh, well, it says Century Media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, th this here is, you know, the Internet's just starting to take off a little bit. Right. And, you know, it actually said on there, CenturyMedia.com. And I went there and I was like, ooh, who are all these bands? And so right. I decided to check out all these bands. And, you know, one of them just happened to be sentenced. And, um. I think at that time it was actually the, I think it was either a muck. I think it was a muck. Um, just you know, yeah, I think so. And because I remember I first heard sentenced when they moved away from the death metal. Okay. And so, you know, and then because of that, you know, of course I go back and check out their other albums and I'm like, what, this is not the same band. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, that's, that's not what I heard, you know? That's and weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, at the time I was like, what the hell? But that's how I found sentence. So real quick, Christian, Carrie, my apologies. We didn't hear from you how you became the metal geek. Did we? Um, well, like when my first experience was in metal, Right. I mean, we can get to that, but yeah, um, let's we can let's revisit that later in the show because I'm in this sentence mood now. All right, cool. I so don't want to. I want to get. My bad. How did you discover? Um, 
Yeah. So I think it was a, a sampler, uh, a Century Media sampler. The first song I ever heard from Sentence was The Warrior of Life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is still such a great song. Not death metal like like the original stuff, like earlier stuff, but um, and that was what album? That was Down, right? That was Down. And you know what? That sampler, it was probably Identity 3D. I believe uh, it was. With the gorilla. And it had yeah. Strippy Young Lad with Detox. Yep. Oh yeah, and I believe Nevermore was on there too. Oh yeah, so, yeah uh, and I I became a fan. Uh, I think after you know I listened to Frozen Crimson, but mm-hmm. when the Cold White Light came out, um, I got that cardboard promo. This is a very special like album to me and my wife because it's her one of her favorite albums of all time. But the first time I ever listened to it, I popped it in my car driving to her house she lived about 45 minutes away and when i got there i'm like dude you gotta hear this and <laughs> it became her favorite band sentence is one of her top five bands yeah for sure that's fucking awesome man that's a, a special album in itself as well i mean i love it too um before we kind of like dive more into that so sentence formed what 89 they only lasted until 2005 and it's hard to believe that's already been 16 years that you know they've been oh my de- god defunct i guess you can say um <clears throat> i didn't know this they were formerly known as deformity before they turned changed their name to sentenced um so that's interesting so going back yeah, to no. what you're saying christian the uh the early stuff was it's a, little, a little bit of a kicking the ass i would say to be completely honest with you you know like at that time i was not a fan of like north from here um you know i heard that after listening to a muck and like i said i i I was like man that's the same band holy crap um it's like like early it's like early it's like early paradise lost they totally you know changed (laughs) and it's completely different yeah and yeah. I mean, for the most part, I, I don't care if a band does that. I I I kind of think that, you know, like if you're going to go that drastic a route, change the name of the band. Because you're I mean, honestly, those first two records, uh, the band name Deformity sounds about perfect for that. What they were doing. Sentence. I, I uh, not really. Sentence sounds more like what they went to. Yeah. More of that, that melancholic, depressive, suicidal uh, yeah. vibes. I agree. Um, so I feel like is there there is a topic you're there. There was a, you wanted to talk about the the Love and Death EP. And I, I I think the only thing that I wanted to say about that is you know like there, there were I remember there were people you know after I did a little deep dive on sentence that you know there were a lot of people that were hoping that they would go back to you know north from here the you know that melodic death metal you know kind of sound and i mean at that time it wasn't even called melodic death metal it was just called death metal right. um but uh there's a lot of people that were like oh well you know they're gonna see that you know a lot of people didn't like this and they're gonna go back 
And that EP comes out and it basically told the fans like, no, no, yeah. we're not. The, this right. is, and then, you know, then they do that, you know, the cover version of uh, white wedding on there and they mm-hmm. did such a good job on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the, right there, you knew, yeah, they're not going back. Right. And it kind of set the tone. And I, I think they kind of did it on purpose because yeah. that love and death EP came out, uh, you know, Amok came out in January, I think. And that Love and Death EP came out like before the end of the year. I think it was like September, October or something like that. Um, so like it, it almost seemed like they put this out specifically yeah. to let people know, like, no, yeah. we're not going backwards. We're going we're going to take this to wherever we can take it. Do you think that at that point they were on people's radar and century medias, especially like one of their big, uh, one of the big uh, bands on the roster at this point, while they did a muck. I, you know, that I would maybe say so. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of who else was on their roster that was really, really big at the time. And, you know, of course, Ice Earth was there. And never, um, and like, are you talking about like 95 ish, 96 or? Yeah, yes. that would have been Nevermore. Nevermore, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think maybe they were, you know, like maybe telling Sentence, you know, like, hey, uh, you take a look at the rest of our roster. You know, the, yeah. we don't really have any death metal bands here. Um, you know, I, maybe. I Maybe try and lighten up your sound a little bit. I don't know. Um, obviously, I think it worked for him. Yeah. It, and, you know, we can get more into this when we talk about the individual albums. But, you know, like, I, I will freely admit at the time, I did not like their first two records. You know, I did not like them. Uh, I Through this, listening to them, uh, I was actually a lot more impressed with those first two records now. Uh, you know, maybe... Yeah. You know, since, you know, I don't have a problem with growly vocals anymore, uh, you know, may, may, that obviously has something to do with it. But, you know, when you consider that, you know, this was the forefront of melodic death metal, you know, this right. is, you know, in flames, dark tranquility. Uh, you know, this is when they started and it, you know, it could very well be that sentence beat them to the punch when you think about it. Oh yeah, because those, you, those great north from here is very, very melodic. Yeah, um, a lot more than you would think for a death metal album. Um, That's true. So I mean, and you know, for the bands like yeah, and <laughs> you know, at at the gates gets a lot of, you know, for you know, slaughter of the soul. You know, yeah. that album is kind of pointed at as you know, the turning the point. Yeah, and. Uh, I, you know, those first two sentence albums came out before that. Yeah, I think with sentence and looking at Carcass also, uh, yeah, they, yeah. they might have the the edge on the melodic death thing going on. Oh yeah, um, that was very uh, polarizing when they changed their style uh, too. Absolutely, oh for sure. Um, so let's 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 look at these guys. So we have, how do you say it? Mika, Mika Tekula, uh, the guitarist. He was pretty much one of the main songwriters passed away 2009 from a heart attack. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. You had Sammy on guitars as well. Lupaka. I don't know how to say the names. I just want to say, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing any of the names. I'm not doing it on purpose. We're Uh, not finished. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. 
Uh, we have vocals. Uh, current, um, the most current, which is Ville. Ville. Ville La Haula. Yeah. B. Yeah. There you I go. Ville. Yes. Uh, and then we had uh, drummer Vesa Ranta. And then the I, other bass player. Go ahead. Now Christian talked about. Well, let's we'll go the you the other bass player. Go ahead, real quick. The other the other Sammy. Uh, so when Christian mentioned, you know, they sort of changed their style, mm -hmm. that was around the same time that Vile started, came into the fold Correct. and became their vocalist. Um, I don't, I don't think, I, 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 I really, so that was like Anamok, right? That was his first album. No, that was uh, Down with his first album. Down with his first album, which is crazy because he only had a few yeah, weeks you're right. or, or, or a uh, I don't know if he had a few weeks or a couple of months before they had to start recording down. And so he came in this very, uh, very cold, I would say. And so he still did a great job, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, down, I mean, there's classic songs on, on that album too, you know, oh, yeah. like, like we mentioned warrior of life. That's the first time I ever heard him. Like, who is yeah. this man? Yeah. I mean, I heard him before, but I'm like, I did not expect them to be like this anymore. Yes. But, um, yes. Uh, was it Frozen where they did a bunch of the uh, cover songs and stuff like that in the reissue? Uh, I never heard the reissue one, I think. So they were they did a Radiohead cover, Face No More, uh, Wasp, and they did The House of the Rising Sun. Holy shit. That's cool. My favorite version of The House of the Rising Sun, right in the, equal to the original, really, from the animals. Oh, wow. I, I, I really love their cover. Yeah, because I know you're a huge animals and and or is it no 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 the the monkeys yeah the monkeys my, my bad yeah. dude yeah, no, no, I like I like a lot of '60s rock too but yeah, yeah for sure and uh, they did creep which is a very interesting version they did the trooper I mean come on yeah. paying respect to they Iron did Maiden justice. Yeah. they did a great justice yeah. and then uh, digging the grave from Face No More if you're not a Face No More uh, fan you don't know that track okay. yeah really good that's cool. But I mean, from that, from the, I mean, let's, I don't know if you want to go from the beginning, if you want to go shadows of the past. Uh, I think we'll work our way up. Uh, sure. That's cool. So initially for me, my, my intro was, uh, I believe it was frozen. And then Crimson came out and I bought that one. And then I started kind of working my way around yep. whatever I could get, I'd buy. Um, I was able to purchase down. Uh, I believe there was this the album called The History, or what is it called? Something Kills, or what is that called? Um, it's kind of like their best of. Greatest Kills or something Greatest like that? Greatest Kills, yeah. Yeah. That one. And yeah, it's called Story. Yeah, That's Story, it. Greatest Kills, yeah. Yes, that one. And then I ended up purchasing uh, The Cold Wild Light. Oh, such a great album. Um, yeah. Up until recently, I had not heard their earlier stuff because of, for whatever reason. But that story one, kind of, they, there's a lot of other earlier stuff. Um, so Shadows of the Past came out, what, in uh, 1991? Yep. This, to me, is, is, for lack of a better term, straight up Swedish, old school Swedish death metal. And mm -hmm. in tone and delivery, um, kind of took me by surprise because they did it actually so well uh so i really enjoyed this in terms of it being that if you look at it just for that and objectively just in that way 
for me, it was enjoyable. I mean, this is 1991. That's like the heyday of that of that mm-hmm. style of music. That's like the that's when you wanted to be a band performing that type of music. It was popular. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was it was it was selling. I like the album a lot, you know, and you can definitely hear what would become melodic death metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you could definitely hear it in there. I mean, there there's some moments, you know, there, there's even some moments of uh, it's it's almost bl- some black metal in there, um, yeah. you know, especially in the vocal delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some moments of thrash in there. Um, I mean, the production's kind of not all that great. I mean, no. I, I think, I think, honestly, the drums on that album are terrible. I mean, they're they're just they're just bad. It's it, it's it, pretty it, muddy. It, yeah, it, it's uh, well, just sound and uh, technique. It it's just not fair. And I mean, you can. It almost sounds like, uh, you know, it it sounds like a first record. That, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a debut album. Right. Um, and you know, I. I, I don't remember. Was there any guitar solos on that? I don't think there was. I'll be honest with you. I don't. I didn't hear any. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember any. Highly none, none that stand out anyway. Yeah, but to say if there were, they're not memorable. Right. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's definitely a debut album. From mm-hmm. I mean, I'm guessing that they were probably very young at the time. Oh yeah. Um, and so you could definitely hear, you know, in the next album you know, north from here that you yeah. definitely hear an advancement. But, you know, the core ideas of what this band would become are right there. I mean, they're very yeah. obvious. Yeah. And north from here, 93, came out in 93. There are elements already of this melodic death metal. They're in there. And the thing, too, with me is, like, there's some parts where they're straight up progressive and kind of weird and jazzy sort of. There's times though the only thing I don't like is sometimes with the guitar tone, it really does sound like bees in a box. You know, <laughs> it just kind of has like a strange, weird, buzzy sound uh, or a weird tone. And then you get those moments of clarity with their melody and stuff like that. And that's so badass. Um, yeah, this one was a totally different creature, and you could already tell that they're starting to morph into something different, something a little bit better. Um, but also a bit rough on the ears too. The drumming didn't sound as great, you know? So I don't know. how do you guys feel about this one? This one here, I thought it was a huge step up in musicianship. Mm-hmm. Like you could definitely tell a big advancement. And I mean, um, it, it's more of the same as the, the other one, but like you were talking about, like, there is some like some prog metal in there and like you could see that they're kind of, you know, experimenting with a lot of different things and trying to figure out what's going to work. And um, like after going back and listening to this, like you could see where they ended up. Like it it was a progression They they probably looked at some of these songs and they were like, you know, our best moments right here and there, you know, are, you know, th- we sound the best right here. We should keep this going and expand on that. And, you know, obviously, you know, you know, when a muck comes out, 
it's a drastic change. And I mean, drastic. So a muck comes out in 95. How did you feel about North from here? Uh, Carrie? Um, yeah, like I definitely what, what Christian was talking about. Yeah. You could hear elements of them trying to push the envelope further and becoming, um, it felt like they're, you know, okay, we were, we're bored already of what we started doing. It's not mm-hmm. really what we want. That's not really who we want to be. And you could feel those elements coming through the songwriting and, and the production. Right. So yeah, it, it, it just took the next album before it, it takes some, sometimes bands, they're afraid to get out of the, the normal, right. like to do something different. And a lot of bands in the, in the, you know, the nineties there weren't doing anything that different. Right. You had different genres. You had black metal. You had thrash metal. You had prog metal. You had all this stuff, but yeah. there wasn't elements of bands that would. You didn't have bands that would throw all the different elements together. Right. And if they did, they would. There was definitely that was a weird time. Those early '90s, a lot, especially. We can do a whole episode on like the weird thrash album that came out in those early '90s. You know. Yeah. But. um just just bands uh experimenting more i think is really what happened because like around that time is when uh like like the seattle scene and the grunge stars mm-hmm. started to take over and metal started to lose its credibility and people oh i don't like metal anymore so right. bands i felt like to me were more free to open up more and try yeah. out new things without having any major consequences of for it I would have to agree. And you know what? I think the prime, prime, prime example is Orchid with uh, with Opeth. Oh, and yeah. when they released that in 95, I mean, holy shit, dude. That was not at all what anybody was doing. No. Completely against the norm. I mean, you had 10, 15-minute songs. There's no freaking choruses on there. I mean, you have clean vocals. You have the Cookie Monsters. You have all kinds of things going on. And totally against the norm and everything what you're saying, you know. Uh, so I I agree that bands had to figure out a way to to get out there, you know. With Amok, I love the the whole idea of of Tanelli Jarva, the bass player singer. He brings, I mean, because I know he was he sang on North from here, but his vocals on Amok are completely different and. Super charismatic, I have to say. <laughs> like, that's another step. Once they did Amok, I was like, this is fucking badass. And when they did Dance on the Graves, Little Sister, I mean, it starts out with like a weird little cool, like jazzy little thing, a uh, little lick, <laughs> you know? And it's like, holy shit, dude, this is so cool, man. Like, they're not doing what they're used to doing, you know? They're, they're, that this is where you know something, they have something special. Yeah. Um, they did a video for how how do you pronounce that? Nip Nip and Teth? Nepenth. Yeah. They did a video whatever. for that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> they did a video for that, you know. But I, I was, you know, re-listening to the I was kind of wondering, you know, on track one, how it's got that that explosion sound at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that was on purpose to let everybody know that. We're blowing up everything. Like you're about to hear something that you were not expecting and yeah. check this out. And because I mean, it's track one, you know, and then over. 
yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, what, Boom. you know, and yeah. you know, every death metal fan was like super pissed off within 10 minutes, you know, and like well, a bunch oh, yeah. of sellouts and, you know, I'm sure the band was like, well, I certainly hope we do sell out, you know? Yeah. Uh, hell yeah. I mean, at this point, I think the changes that are going through and they deserved it, you know, they, I know I, I'm pretty sure they started becoming a, a huge ban on the roster at this point in century media. Um, but again, like there's just something so different about this album. This is like the only album that I had in their discography that sounds the way it sounds, everything just completely different. You know what I mean? Like that's why this is one of my, one of my all time favorites for when it comes to sentenced. Um, but it's still at the same time very uh, accessible at the same time. You know what I mean? It's still kind of heavy, but it's for everybody, you know? My favorite on this album is uh, probably New Age Messiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great track. Great stuff. I think the one of the things, though, that you can really take away from this record, though, is that you can definitely tell, like, yeah, it's a drastic change from what they were doing, mm-hmm. but it's also a natural progression. Absolutely. Because you could you could hear elements of this on the last two records. I mean, it's not yeah. like they were hiding this. And right. I mean, they just stayed away from the death metal. And uh, yeah. but you know, the there were parts of this on those other two records. They just expanded more in that area. I so think you're it's, right. yeah. it's not like to the band, I'm willing to bet they didn't see it as such a drastic change. Mm-hmm. They took they probably took stuff that they're best at and they just started picking at that, you know. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, it's the the uh, certainly the love and death EP probably gave everybody the idea of what direction they're gonna go in. Yeah. And this for sure, I think for people who enjoyed that one at least, they're like, Oh, this is gonna be great. So um and then 1996 pops out. We have uh, Down, uh, Jarva. He leaves. Um, so real quick, since he's not going to appear really on anything else after this. So at this point, he forms the Black League from 98 to 2014. He was the bass player for Impaled Nazarene from 92 to 96. He did vocals for Chaos Breed from 2003 to uh, 2005. Currently in Helsinki uh, as a tattooist, which is pretty cool. It'd be cool to go get a tattoo by him. Yeah, right. Um, at this point, he exits, and then we have Ville Laihaila. I, I am sorry if I'm butchering his name. Uh, brings a totally different groove, totally different element to the band. Would you say this is uh, a band that for people who enjoy typo negative? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think this is you, you talk about that career change uh, element. That this mm-hmm. this is the album where they totally just went full force into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really really like this album a lot. Um, I, I had to go back and listen to it in a long time, but yeah, like so, like I mentioned earlier, Warrior of Life, that is yeah. such a catchy non-death metal song. You know what I mean? Uh, it's the, just the it's chorus, just, right? 
It's, it's so good. Yeah, it really is. It's, it was just so indicative of really where they were going uh, yeah. through their career with those catchy choruses, the catchy, mm-hmm. just, they can sing about, you know, excuse me while I kill myself, but it's the oh. most catchy song you've ever yes. heard in your life. So the songwriting was yes. forefront at this point. It, they definitely worked on that. Um, I mean, Bleed? <laughs> Such Bleed's a great, a great song. Such great a great song. song. Lyrically, everything is just so good. Uh, News, too. I would have to say oh, that song really. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. News. Crumbling Down is really good. Oh, hell yeah. I like how this how he says in, in Bleed, um, Bleed, as blood runs down my arms, I feel peace in my heart. On my skin, the razor blade shining bright. The veins shown clearly through. My blood is running wild. I've just these dudes, man. They're they're very descriptive. I gotta say, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they have this is such a great album. And I, I mean, talk about accessible. This is definitely very accessible. Um, you know, I was reading online. It could have probably been Wikipedia that there was like. Uh, it was heavily new wave of British heavy metal. I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about when they said that. There's, I have, I hear zero elements of that in this album. I don't hear that. Yeah, I don't hear that either. Which wave are they talking about of new wave? Of British heavy. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Which wave are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, it is not the original one. It's not. Uh, yeah, certainly not. Because I was just like wondering what the fuck are you guys talking about? Um, but yeah, talk talk about um, kind of thrown into the fire just to you know. Vila jumped into this album just uh, like we said, just a few weeks into recording. So I I still think he did an outstanding job. A little bit raspy at this point, still not as smooth, milky, uh, buttery voice yet that he had. Because <laughs> now, like, you now you're making you're making me hungry again. Yeah, <laughs> get some more sentence down. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, sure. we're, we're never gonna, you know, we're never gonna get to the point where you know, sentence has great vocals. You know that that's not really what they do. I mean, you know, he he does what he does, but as far as like, you know, a great vocalist, yeah, not really. I mean, uh, he's definitely fine for what they're doing, but. You know, if you're talking, you know, like like power metal, like, do you, is there a chance in hell this guy could pull off a power metal song? I no, definitely not. No. And you know, like, and I don't think he has the the range to do a full death metal growl either. Right. So I mean, he, he's he's good for what they're doing, and right. I mean, I think he's like he's like the the perfect vocalist for them at this time. Which for me is what I enjoy about it too, as well, because him speaking lyrically speaking and the way and the, uh, the themes, the topics, the things that he says, it just sounds nice the way he says it with his yeah, voice. Dude, it's like it's okay, that's perfect nice. for what they're doing. Exactly. I mean, it's perfect for their music. Exactly. Uh, like if you had a guy singing super clean, this would not sound good. If you had a guy doing death metal growls, this would not sound good. You needed right. something in between those two extremes. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's kind of move on to where let's see if he was a little bit more comfortable with maybe with Frozen. 
from Frozen in on out, I think he was a little bit more comfortable. Frozen came out in 1998. Um, this is another great album with, you know, Drown Together, Let Go, Farewell. I mean, there's just a lot of, for the love I bear, the Suicider to me was the song, though. Yeah, I agree. The Suicider is the song of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so catchy. It got, you hate to say, like radio play, but it got, you know, it got a lot of play. It yeah. was this, if you're comparing this to like a pop album, it was the single. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. The single. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there wasn't a lot on this album that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple, there's good tracks, but yeah. Uh, Nothing like you know, uh, down or then crimson or the cold white, you know. Yes, I, I think I think right here is where you know what I was getting at earlier about like you, you know, sometimes your memory of something is way better than it actually was. Uh, and like th- this album's fine, but mm-hmm. it, it's just not as good as it's definitely, uh, I, I would. I would probably put it as one of the, it's just kind of boring. I mean, there's some, there's some good tracks here or there, but Mm -hmm. like nothing that will like super stick in your head. Um, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not the level that down was, you know, and it's certainly not, you know, the level that, you know, cold white light is, Right. Yeah, so it, you know, I think every band kind of has this. And, you know, to be completely honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of Crimson either after listening to it over and over again. <laughs> uh, but it, it's one of those things that both of these, like, I were, I have the final, I, I bought the final of these. And, um, you know, I listen to this at work, I listen to it in the car. And um, both times I was, you know, like, the songs would pass by without, you know, like making me take notice. Right. And to me, that's a, a sign of, all right, well, I didn't like, I never once thought, Oh, I need to fast forward past this. Uh, this is terrible. I, n- I never mm-hmm. thought that, but I never saw thought to myself like, Oh man, this is badass right here. Uh, right. It, 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 it's fine. It's serviceable. It's, you know, <laughs> it's serviceable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. The, Where did you get that serviceable from, man? That that's my that's my my description of a lot of stuff. I'm like, it's serviceable. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, you know, good. it works. Let's just yeah. that, that that term works really well for, you know, like, uh, you know, like when your mom always told you, you know, like if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say none at all. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it's but, serviceable. Yeah, I, I I think they lost some momentum here. Um, they like down was really good, right? And then they just there's I mean there's a couple of good moments like like we said suicider, but it just I felt think the, the I momentum think the problem, wasn't there. I think the problem here is there's way too many low tempo songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they, they had more yeah. upper tempo songs, and you know when they got back to that, and I think Crimson suffers from the same thing uh, because you know. Cold White Light comes out and it starts out with fast songs, you know, right away. We're getting into this and, you know, the, the tempo goes up more catchy choruses, you know, uh, sing along choruses, you know, uh, I honestly, I think, you know, that is my favorite 
uh, the sentence album is called White Light, and for oh, yeah. that exact reason, uh, yeah. those songs are catchy. Like uh, you can't help but you know, like excuse me while I kill myself. I mean, that's a oh. great song. And it's one of these. It's yeah. one of these perfect <laughs> albums. It really is. Uh, you, there's not a lot of bands where you can look at a, a song title. And immediately, immediately, the song is in your head. Uh, right. There's so many songs on on the cold white light. It's ridiculous, uh, right? Blood and tears. You hear, you hear just blood yeah. and tears. You yeah. automatically go to that chorus. Right. No one there. Guilt and regret. Oh, Everything on yeah. this album. Yeah. It's so catchy. It's so memorable. And that's where yeah. this is where everything coalesced for the band. I think <laughs> they took all the elements that worked for them before elements that didn't work they sort of like left it a little bit yes and they this is the pinnacle album of their career for sure um mm-hmm. it's one of the best metal albums of, of i would say completely and it influenced so many bands that uh, i mean we wouldn't have a wood to v pray if you didn't have this there's a lot yeah. of bands that took the sound and like the the coldness Right. of the music and made it into something of their own too. Yeah. And I mean, just think about that title. Excuse me while I kill myself. Um, yeah. If you so, said that to any metal fan, <laughs> they wouldn't know exactly what band you're talking yeah. about. Because and it's so, it's so it, but it's so happy and peppy though, which is, yeah, yeah it's, which it's, is so weird. Yeah. It's so, it's so great. Also, how badass is that ending when it's almost like a barbershop quartet harmonizing at the end where yeah <laughs> myself like yeah. it's so fucking cool they're like who does that i will say this album has the worst and uh most annoying sound on any album ever that intro and like the very last outro part that yeah. weird high pitch oh dude yes uh, it, it, it reminds me of that yeah. dumb and dumber saying where they're like when you hear the most annoying sound yeah. in the world that's it right there yeah that's the sound was well, that like a deer or what the hell i don't know what it was yeah yeah that was weird whatever it was it was a terrible idea it's the sounds indeed yeah so let's move on to crimson came on in the you i thought we just skipped that completely we just went to cold white light hey man but i love (laughs) i like crimson man it's cool all right i mean there's great songs on it it's a it's a good album it's not great it's not uh, it doesn't suck. It's all right. It's serviceable. Um, I so, will say there's two amazing songs, three amazing songs on this album. I, uh, okay. First of all, probably for me, mm-hmm. the uh, the original cover, the probably the best album cover that they've done, mm. uh, besides Cold White Light, because it's very simple and to the point. But I feel like this is probably their best um album cover because it's kind of weird like fossils or something i don't know um but yeah favorite favorite songs of okay so this one is kind of a little bit of a continuation i think this one's a little bit more rock and roll compared to frozen a little little bit more upbeat i think um bleed in my arms home in despair fragile no more beating as one right there yeah yeah that's all right there yeah i think i'm Super happy all the way to Killing Me, Killing You uh, up to track six. I think like this is a great, it's very lopsided, you know, 
it's it's top heavy, you know. Uh, and then the that can be a good time. That could be a good thing sometimes. That's right. Dang right. You know, the rest is kind of like whatever. Deadwood Rising. You know, with bitterness and joy, probably another good one. Yeah, um, but killing me, killing you is probably this the standout track yeah. for me on the Oh problem. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things when I it's it that's a track to me. Maybe not this album is maybe not synonymous with the band, but that song is, which is weird that I like a song so much on an album that I don't really like as much of their other albums. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But this, I think, was also indicative of the direction they were going to go in probably as well, because this was much different from Down and from Frozen. Like, Frozen and Down kind of could be chunked together a little bit. Yeah. I think Crimson and Cold White Light could be chunked together as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think this was going to tell you, hey, we're going to go in this direction. I mean, this is where they started getting those catchy choruses, you know. They started going more in that direction. Yeah, um, for sure. So that was the year 2000. How would you feel about that, Christian? I know I, you were. I, I thought it was a little, you know, I, I thought it was Frozen Part 2, kind of. Uh, my favorite track on the album is the last one. Uh, what is dude, it? My Slowing dude. Heart. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it, it had that catchiness to it, you know, that you would get on the next record. Uh, but Killing Me, Killing You, that's that's a great song. But yeah, you know, uh oh what what was that track that I just absolutely positively hated on this record? Um, <laughs> tell us how you really feel. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean I With bitterness and joy. I think it was the river. I think it's the river. No, it's bitterness and joy. No, I like that song too. Yeah. With bitterness and joy, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. The river, that's not the river, yeah. That's bitterness and joy. The river is the one that I did not like. Uh, oh, okay. It was super I, if I remember right, it's like super slow and just mm. kind of kind of just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um Interesting you know, like fact I, about this album: the song "Broken" was covered by Dark Tranquility later on. The Century Media they were they released an album where other bands covered other bands. Yeah, great cover. That's that's cool. I've not heard of, the, uh, of their cover. So they they, they do kind of like the Roadrunner. No, what is it? Um, All Stars. Yeah, it was a uh, twenty years of extreme. So they had. Okay, uh, yeah. If you haven't heard it, you got to hear it, dude. Yeah, uh, you had. Um, like Arch Enemy covering Dream Evil and Dream Evil covering like Arch Enemy. Ooh, uh, yeah, it's a pretty badass. great. It's pretty great. Dude, do um, they do Book of Heavy Metal? They do. Oh shit! Okay, they do. I gotta check that. out. <laughs> Is that with Angela or who was that with? Uh, it was, I believe. That was before. Okay. Yeah, that was a little while ago. So yeah. Okay, I got. That's my that. favorite cheesy heavy metal band. I don't I think they're cheesy. Which one? Dream Evil. Dream Evil. Me too, oh, dude. That Dream Evil. Yeah. I mean, the this the, the song the cheesier the, the better. Heavy metal. I mean, the lyrics in that are just so insanely cheesy. But that's so all snowy. Good. That's all snowy Shaw right there, man. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I, I mean, bet, you know that whole like, you know, I could have had a you know normal wife, you know, I have a fucked up job, <laughs> yep. and you know, like <laughs> you know, and an ugly wife, like, <laughs> but instead I. You know, I wanted to be heavy metal. Like uh, that is just perfect, and I mean, cheese to the extreme. But you know, I, I mean, hey, it's, it's whatever. Say. Go big or go home, right? Yeah, I <laughs> that, mean, that, that, 
that I beginning mean, metal I... scream in the beginning of that song oh, is dude. what oh, yeah. we used. We used that in MSR cast as an intro for a long time. That's fucking cool, dude. I mean, I, I, I definitely approve of any band that's willing to, you know, just take it to the extreme, like Hammerfall. They're, oh. they're cheesy as hell, but I don't care. They, they lean into it. And, you know, they don't care what you think. I, uh, they're going to do what they do. I, Christian, I absolutely love Hammerfall now. Okay, I'll tell you a story. When I first heard Hammerfall, I saw them on a Valken, um, like, you know, they put out the, like, live video DVD, yeah. whatever it was. And this band came on. I'm like, oh, okay, this band has a song about themselves. That's so fucking pretentious. <laughs> I don't like this. And I don't know what it took, but um, maybe, like, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, 12, 13, something like that. I heard, I was like, I'm going to give these guys another chance. And I was just hooked. Hell yeah. It was like the right moment. I was like, all right, D, I love Hammerfall. They're one of my favorite bands of all time now. Yeah. Can't get enough of them. Seen them live twice and everything. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely a band that you have to be in the mood for because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, but, you know, like, hey, perfect in the car. On a road trip, no, oh, I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong with it. You, I, you know. I have an electronic drum set, and I have a playlist that I—it's just fun songs to play on drums. And there's <laughs> a lot of Hammerfall on there. Well, it's just fun. So yeah. Hammerfall is just fun. Have you yes, guys it, heard the? Uh, my bad. The, have you guys heard um, Oscar's band before he was in? Uh, before he before he created Hammerfall, Cere- ceremonial os. There's that one. But then yep. he had made another band where he's on vocals and guitars, Crystal Age. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They only right. did one album. Fuck I had that incredible, dude. I have that promo. I had that promo. Dude. Yeah. Good shit, man. Good melodic death metal. I interviewed Oscar one time, uh, and our, our conversation went away from music to like collecting Star Wars action figures. That's so cool. <laughs> and then... Uh, at one point, I like I asked him another. I was like, I guess we should get back to talking about the album. He's like, Oh, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for people who don't know, Oscar's the guitarist from Hammerfall. Yeah. Uh, blonde, lanky dude, super <laughs> yeah. cool as fuck, man. Are, so, aren't they like the best guitar players? Tall yeah. and lanky, and it's, uh, you know, Metalocalypse. You know, what's uh, Aryan? Yeah. Ah. That's true. Ah. That dude, he's a freaking genius, man. The gentle giant. Yes, indeed. Um, shit. Were we on? Ah, we were gonna move on to cold white light. So now we can talk about the cold white light. So yeah, it's like I thought we already did. We already covered. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Two thousand two. This one. I mean, shit. You said it. All of these are kind of. They're all catchy. Uh. Oddly enough, from a band of their uh, their their background, let's say their subject matter, you are the one, right? On there, fucking brilliant, such a great yeah. song. Um, but I mean, the luxury of a grave, another another great one. No one there, man. That video is so fucking That's, depressing, dude. It really is. Yeah. Blood and Tears. I mean, yeah. Can't say any more good things about this album. Um, I do love the cover art on this one as well. You can see them kind of in the background. Um, 
And you, you, I think you guys nailed it on the head. What, what you see is what you get, especially with that title. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this here is hands down their best record. I mean, mm, it, I agree. It, I, and to me, I mean, it's it's really not even close. I mean, this. <laughs> I mean, if you were if you were going to put it in, in in tiers of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you, you yeah. know, like this this is their A album. Um, yeah. And. You know, songs like Never Lasting, Excuse Me, and yeah. hands down, their catchiest, catchiest songs. And, I, I, yeah, you know, sure. the, the sad thing about this record, though, is like, I remember I was, I was, this, this record was stuck in my CD player. Like, yep. Mm. Um, like, I listened to this record. I don't think lot. it left my car for months. Months oh, yeah. and months. The same, same way. And then, you know, I thought, man, you know, back this, when cars had CD players. Yeah. yeah. This year, <laughs> is going to break them into the big time. You know, this yeah. is going to be a metal band that's going to break in, break over, you know, cross right. over into the, and, you know, not too long. I think it was what, maybe a, uh, a solid, maybe nine months after this album came out where you heard their next album was going to be their last. Yeah. And you were just like, what? Like they just released their best album going out like, on top. Yeah, and I I was actually really disappointed. So my I mean, wife just texted me while we we're talking, and she said the emotion in his voice and killing me, killing you, heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We should get her opinion. We should get her in here. Bring her in. Which album? She said she no, but <laughs> oh, her favorite is Cold White Light too, right? Yes, it definitely is. All right, so four metalheads cannot go wrong. That's right. Four metalheads, four out of five metalheads agree. Exactly. Now, one thing that I'll tell the people, you know, some of the listeners who maybe are not familiar with Sentence, uh, which I feel like they're such an underrated, uh, a criminally underrated band. Um, they don't expect like real heavy, fast metal. You know, expect goth rock, gothic rock. I don't even. I hate. I, fucking I hate. hate I hate that term. Yeah, yeah, I fucking hate saying it. Um, a good metal band expect a good metal band it's uh yeah. it, you know it it has a, a melancholy to it it has a, a sadness it has a but at the same time being hopeful and upbeat and just catchy yeah and and that's something i think that a lot of people can relate to and can really mm-hmm. like love and i mean the cold white light dude it's hey incredible. no no metal band had well no band in general has ever made suicide sound fun. I have to agree. Yeah. Right. You're right, dog. You're right. Typo negative. Them and typo negative. The only two I can think of. Yeah. That's right. That's the only thing. Death Um, and doom and gloom and 12 of the sun. I'll put them in that category. Those three right there. Another, I think another, uh, something to, to consider, or I think is interesting is the color, the choices of color that they use. For down, it was kind of like this, you know, what is it like fall almost autumn? Yeah, you know? yeah like a brownish hue. Yeah, I love that. You know, first for the cold white light, it has it's the perfect bluish hue. You know, like yeah, yep. definitely love the way they're they use some stuff like that. Frozen. I'm sorry, but that's a terrible album cover. <laughs> the fuck were they thinking? Yeah, I don't like, like it either. It, it looks like a uh, somebody. Here's the here's the album artwork. Can you make a copy of this for the production? And they just made a black and white copy on a crappy copier. Yeah, 
that's it. I mean, that's that's pretty much what happened. Amok, pretty cool. It was more of like a little statue looking thing. Um, I even like crimson. I like the you know like the 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 red and the orange and the yeah. th- those hues in there. Yeah, it's like a. It looks sure. very much like a <laughs> like a movie poster type of yeah. It does know, right color palette. This is like a yeah. This an action movie. Yeah, for sure with the rock or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. But let's move on to their final album, uh, 2005's Funeral, the Funeral album. Album cover, very black and, and bleak uh, and not much on it. So I just, yeah. some design and like, a, not even like the normal logo, but just. No, it yeah. actually looks like part of the human anatomy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know, it looks weird. Look, I see a little butterfly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Jerry. I don't know. This, to me, this is like a very unconcentrated, let's just fucking throw everything and see what we can come up with album. Um, that's the, those are the vibes that I got from this. You to, got, me it's, to me, this sounded like they had a lot of other songs left over. <laughs> and, you know, from other eras. Because, I yeah. mean, that, that instrumental they have at track five, that is a death metal song. Like yeah. I would not oh. doubt if that was. Uh, Agreed. That was, You're totally right. Some, some death metal too. Yeah. yeah. And there's songs on here that sound like they could have been on Frozen, and then there's actually, you know, like the last track. Yeah. I, that to me sounds like it could have been on Cold White Light. Um, so does May, May Today Become the yeah. Day is totally from yeah. Cold White yeah. Light for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I feel sounds, like this was like unfocused, dude. They were very like. Fuck it, like like you said, we have shit left over. Let's kind of polish it and yeah, we owe the record company another record. We said we'd do it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, here's some riffs that we have left over. Here's some songs that didn't make the cut on other albums. We'll just polish them up and we'll release an album. Yeah. And, and it sounds that way because it sounds very disjointed. I agree. Uh, it does. It's almost like they did what DSI did. Fuck it, let's just get out of our record label. Or yeah, yeah. Let's just write fucking scars of the crucifix or whatever the fuck, and let's get out. You know, um, very, very unfocused, very just strange, bizarre album. Um, not a fan, I gotta say. I mean, there's um, a couple of good songs on it, but yeah, for know, sure, for sure. And I mean, you know. I mean, would you rather listen to Frozen or would you rather listen to the Funeral album? I would actually l- rather listen to the Funeral album. <laughs> okay. I do not like I do not like Frozen. I mean, I listened to it like I said, three three times and I was just bored. Um yeah. and yeah, it was kind of yeah. meh. At least on this album, you know, you have a couple of tracks that yeah. you know, like yeah. we said, could have been on Cold White Light. They so can kind of get you by. Yeah, yeah, that will stick in your head after you, you know, the, the song of the good album is if there's a song on there that sticks in your head after you get done listening to it. Uh, if you remember sure. after, I mean, I listen to a yeah. lot of music. So yeah. for something to really stick out, you know, that's like, wow. That's a good sign, man. Yeah. So I was saying, yeah. you know, oddly enough with your story about memories kind of don't, they're kind of fuzzy sometimes. Um, I remember I was dating this girl back in like, I don't know. I was 19 or whatever. And I was like, she wanted to see Milo notice. Don't laugh. 
<laughs> so I was like, man, this movie was great. I remember seeing it as a they kid had they had great adventures, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> man, I was like, man, fuck this movie. I was so pissed off. I had to turn it off. I hated the narrator. Uh, I think he was the dog. What's his name? He was the the Englishman. I forgot his name. But um, it sucks. You know, when that happens, you're like, yeah. I'm going to go back and listen to this album because I used to love listening to it. And you're like, never mind. Not as cool as I thought it was. Um, I hate when that happens, but I can see where that's happening with, with you, Christian, with this, with frozen. Um, so let's say for example, we're going to, somebody's trying to get started and listening to sentence. Where would you guys point them to? Cold white light. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I agree. I hate to say and- it that way, but. And honestly, you don't really need to go past that. I mean, you can if you if you really like what you hear there. Yeah, I would. Uh, if you can handle growly vocals, I'd actually, you know, maybe go back to their, you know, first two records. And you know, a muck has, you know, some a muck and down both have, you know, a little bit rougher, you know vocals than cold white light does for sure um but i mean i wouldn't say only cold white light i would throw like maybe five or six tracks from other albums that are very catchy Mm -hmm. and are very memorable but um yeah i think the pinnacle of their career really is the cold white light i absolutely agree And, and the interesting part for me was because listening to them with um let's say frozen and 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 down and not from their first album, not not through Shadows of the Past. I honestly don't care for the earlier stuff simply for that reason. I know there's some people who are purists who are like, well, fuck Catatonia after they change their sound. I don't want to hear, you know, discouraged ones, or I don't want to hear, you know, I just want to hear Brave Murder Day and Below, and that's it. You know, I don't yeah. want to hear Anathema or whatever. They just want to hear the earlier shit, you know. They're not heavy anymore. Um, like in this case with this band, I really don't give a shit. I just really don't care for the early stuff. Um, with the other bands, I can certainly listen to all eras of Catatonia, all eras of those, you know, I don't mind. And this one, not so much with, with sentenced. Um, so do you guys, um, how about this? How about this for a callback, uh, from what we talked about earlier? Mm-hmm. Listen to Cold White Light, and mm-hmm. then make somebody a mixtape of everything else. <laughs> Just pick the better songs off of each record and give them a mixtape, and say, "Here you go, uh, Cold White Light." In this, uh, make a Spotify playlist. Hey, there you go. That's a great idea. How about how about we do that? I'll do the Apple. I'll do an Apple playlist, and then you, I don't know. One of you can set up a Spotify. Yeah, I can do that. I mean, yeah. I, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, let's do that. Um, how about rankings? You guys want to do our rankings from A, no, D to A, A being the best? Well, I think we've already answered that question pretty uh, unanimously. I, I would say A for sure, cold white light. Cold yeah. white light. A, a plus, A plus plus, good job. Yeah. Um, red, gold star, all those, all those teacher things. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll recommend um i would say for me the uh in terms of d like the worst uh the funeral album and shadows of the past 
Mm. Um, I gave Frozen and North from Here a C. And I can see that. A good solid B down in Crimson. But my winners, Amok and Cold White Light. Yeah, I would go, you know, obviously Cold White Light A. Uh, Amok and Down for me would be a B. Mm-hmm. Um, C, their first two, uh, the death metal albums. Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess the funeral album for me would actually get a C as well. Um, cause there actually is good songs on there. I mean, and crimson and frozen to me are a D. Okay. So yeah, a plus <laughs> plus, uh, the cold white light. Um, uh, I'm going to say, so w- let's just go B's. Uh, I would say probably down. We'll get a B, um, B minus maybe. Uh, maybe crim or maybe uh, Crimson, Frozen, I'm put those together. A mock, I'm going to say that's a C plus. Yeah. And uh, Shadows and Norse from here, probably, I, I don't want to say D because that sounds... I'm not. I'm not a really. I'm not a super critic, but yeah. D plus. Yeah, we'll give it a D. D plus. D plus plus. Now, honestly, I, honestly, I think the I think the reason that I'm giving that more a little bit more credit is because when you, as I listen to it, and then I think back to, holy crap, they could have actually been the band that started melodic death metal. Uh, you yeah. Know, you know. Uh, because there's definitely, you know, way more melody in their death metal than was normal at that time. I yeah, you could hear it too. And yeah, I mean, it's crazy how they didn't explode. They didn't get as big as they probably ought to have. You know, still. Well, I think I think at that time, you know, people just weren't ready for it yet. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dark Tranquility and In Flames didn't really explode until 96, 97, 98. Yeah. Um, and that's when everybody's like, holy crap, what's going on in Sweden? You know, uh, Swedish death metal is the new shit, you know? Yeah. But, that, um, but, but the unfortunate part from that for me was when a lot of the crappy American bands like Kill Switch Engage, for example, and Shadows Fall started mixing those melodic, you know, the melodicism, and they started taking that. And it's like, look what we made. And then other people are like, who gives a fuck about those other bands? The same way I feel like Evanescence did the same thing with the female, you know, like Epica, or not Epica, like, but, you know, Theater of Tragedy and those kind of bands, the Beauty and the Beast, you know, the stuff that bands who deserved and get deserve to get that credit. In other words, I, I hate it that, you know, the American scene is kind of sucks, you know? Oh, I will contend to this day that Evanescence is a straight up Lacuna Coil ripoff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, Lacuna Coil was around for 10 years doing this. Oh, yeah. You know, mix it, mixing oh, yeah. the clean vocals with the rough vocals and, right. you know, even the same style of sound. Then Evanescence comes out and everybody's like, oh, wow, listen to this. It's right. like, yeah, I've been listening to that for 10 years. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> listen to Lacuna Coil. They not only do it, but they do it better. Oh, yeah, much better. I agree. So I got a weird question for both of you, gents. Sure. Uh, well, we didn't, we never talked about their 
the the live album they put out, the Buried Alive. I have ah. the Digipack DVD version of that. Great. But uh, I was I was fortunate enough to actually see Sentence live. That's right. Um, yeah. So South Jersey, uh, Pensacon. This was the March Metal Meltdown, which is one of the festival shows that was done by Jack Koshik, who did Milwaukee Metal Fest. This is the second one. They also did one in San Antonio one year, but I went to the first oh. one. I went to both of the ones in New Jersey. The first one was in um, oh, where's uh, Bruce Springsteen from? I can't uh, Asbury Park. Yes, that was a great show. It was like on the waterfront, and I could I like look out. I'm like, oh, that's where they filmed part of Dogma over there. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so what I remember happening, there was a fire drill that happened in the building that caused a big delay. And by the time sentence went on, there was some stupid curfew or something that happened. So they got to play four songs. That's it. Four tracks. Crazy. It was a farewell broken bleed in a pent. That's it. (laughs) And they basically turned the power off on them and nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Glad it didn't turn into like a little mini riot or something, but right. I, I was just happy I got to see him. That was great. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of those shows, like when I was doing the fanzine, is why I really was there to promote. Uh started like in 98, 99 uh, Milwaukee. Then I went to Milwaukee like three or four years in a row, and then these two, and then the one in San Antonio. But that's cool. There's so many bands playing that I'm like, oh, I forgot I saw I saw Opus <laughs> like in nineteen ninety eight doing like three tracks, you know, three yeah. songs, and that was it. <laughs> Meeting me, talking to Michael Ackerfeld in like the press room just for a while. It yeah. was so many cool things we got to see. I took my wife there one year, it was when we were first dating, and uh in the press room, this they did Macabre did an acoustic set. Oh wow. And, and then <laughs> they brought in uh, Anasima, it, it was just the brothers, and they yeah. did an acoustic set where they don't mostly they did a couple of Anasima songs. Yeah, they mostly did like Beatles covers and shit. That's cool. It was amazing. That, that was an cool. amazing time. Yeah, yeah. I've actually I've actually met Michael Ackerfeld as well. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. They, they were touring under. Uh, they were on a four four band tour with. Oh man, I can't remember now, but. Um, think it might be nevermore or something never, or nevermore like god forbid or something was on that tour and yeah, angel dust, so, yeah and angel dust was also the yeah there you go there you go i got that to see the, oh, the whole angel dust rules too by the way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i got to talk to michael at that show because i was there i got a press pass or whatever to get in yep. so i didn't even have to pay to get in which was awesome well, that um, happened a lot back in the day oh yeah the problem was i had to make a six-hour drive to minneapolis which eh, that sucks uh, but it, he was one of the coolest guys I've ever met. And I mean, the, the funny thing is I remember really, really clearly, you know, on their merch table, they had this big, big sign that just said, Opeth needs weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Just, just let us know if you got some and you know, you can meet the band, you know? And I was there to you know, do like a little mini interview or whatever with Michael. And I mean, he was, really cool really laid back guy and i mean this here's the blackwater park album and i was yeah. addicted to that record 
but I mean, I remember asking him, you know, like why the clean and growly vocals at the same time, you know, what, you know, because nobody was really doing that at that time. Right. Uh, you know, Opus come out and it's like, wow, this is a prog band doing death metal and also <laughs> what? And, yeah. you know, just completely different from what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, he told me at the time that, you know, when he sings in that growly vocal, that's that's the angry part of the song. And when he sings in the clean vocal, you know, that's the not angry part of the song. So right. um, that's the only reason he said he wants to use his voice as uh, another instrument. And, you know, it was just a great answer to that question. Yeah. And something that, you know, I'll never forget. But, you know, he's a very, very cool guy. Um, favorite Opeth albums, guys? Or favorite Opeth? Blackwater Park. Nice. Deliverance. Love, love the- Blackwater Park. The last two minutes of that song, Deliverance, mm-hmm. is one of the is the the most memorable and best written metal portions of any song ever. Definitely. It goes up against South of Heaven. It goes up against any any band. Goes up with the best. Yeah. That is spoken as a true drummer right there. It, it, it really that, is, right? Yeah, the drums <laughs> on on that section of that song are just yeah. so so. I mean, they it just get it just hits you right in the chest. That, the weird, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's just syncopation. I was about to say that syncopation. There's just, there's yeah. just that that's just an amazing uh, moment in metal history right there. Yeah. Well, here's a good story. I, my wife is not a fan of heavy metal, but hey, you're I, still married to her. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, but I got tickets to the Opeth show and I told her, it's like, well, just come on. You might enjoy it. And she, she went because, you know, she, for some odd reason, loves me. And um, <laughs> she, she went along and she didn't think she would actually enjoy it. Um, not saying that she's become a huge Opeth fan, but she mm. actually really enjoyed the show. That's cool. And um, she's like, wow, that was, I was way more impressed by that than I thought I would be. Right. And then especially, you know, the last sections of uh, Deliverance, <laughs> and, you know, because, you know, the, the strobe lights are going off, you know, during that. Yeah, I remember. And it, it's, it just goes nuts. And, you know, just that guitar tone and that syncopation yeah. of drums. It's just so good. And I mean, it just gives you chills. I mean, I, I'll, I'll get goosebumps just thinking about that. I think what's, what's also great about them is that I feel like they're so elegant in the way they, they, their, their writing process and just what they do. I think it's just like very gentlemanly, you know, heavy metal, you know, and I don't know. I just, I just love it. You know, um, I think for me, though, I, I, Orchid is my probably favorite. Sorry, which one? Orchid. Orchid? Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I never. People don't. A lot of people I know don't like the early, really early stuff or the later stuff. It's like that mid era. Mm. But I can yeah. see that for sure. I'm a big fan of Still Life too. Yeah, great album too. Yeah. Face of Melinda is such a pretty song. So if I saw them in '99, what album would they have been touring on? <laughs> I mean, they yeah. were they were Barrow barely Fair. known here. Maybe My yeah. Hurts. Um, it could have been still life, but I think still life came out like in 2000. But I, I'm more than positive. My arms, your hers. 
You might be right. Yeah. Which is another fantastic album. And it's so crazy. Like, they changed their... For them, staying the same, but each album is different. You know, it's hard for bands to do that. Or to want to maintain that. You know what I mean? So I love that they're able to do that. Um, it was two August. It was two thousand when it was when they played Milwaukee Metal Fest. Uh, okay, yeah, there were probably here's a video of it right here. I just found it. Oh my god! Oh shit! Reddit, Reddit for the win. <laughs> there you go. I I was really big into yeah July twenty eighth two thousand. Yeah, here's so their life. yeah. They played five tracks: Moonlapped Vertigo, Forest of October, Advent. White Cluster and Demon of the Fall. Yeah, they're definitely turning first. Still life. First note. First ever Opeth show in North America. Holy fuck! I was there, dude. History and for, and for Opeth five tracks, and that's an yeah. hour and twenty minutes. Oh yeah, you got your full <laughs> set there. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, I want to thank you for coming on board. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate everything. Christian, I know we're going to probably do this more often. Carrie, we're going to also do this more often and yeah, man. We'll, take we'll have we'll have a you know? we'll have a metal podcast jam sessions. Sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this has been so, a lot of fun. Yeah, and also, you know, can you just plug yourself again? Christian, you're working for or you contribute to a uh webzine or something like that you told me? I I write for metalcrypt.com. I write reviews and I mean, it, it's actually kind of funny because, you know, like uh, Metal Crypt has been around since 98, 99. And it was just one guy in Canada that was doing this. And um, I just came across his website one day and I sent him a message and said, hey, you need anybody that can that wants to write reviews as well. And he said, come on come on in and he's he's still going strong you know they just had the 20th anniversary about two years ago and you know how many websites heavy metal websites have been around for 20 plus years yeah exactly not too many and what's the last review you did uh i'm looking at the website right now probably would have been a couple of weeks ago i mean he posts new reviews at least three a day a lot of times um I used to love writing reviews, Christian. Yeah, uh, it was, but I just don't have the time anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's what I'm running into with work, and yeah, because I because I I the way I do a review is I'll listen to the album once, you know, on my stereo. I have a pretty good sound system. Then I'll listen to it once on my headphones. Right, and I've bought really good headphones for that, and I listen to it once in the car. And, you know, I take notes, you know, well, not in the car, but, um, <laughs> you know, because there's certain albums that sound better in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I give every single track a rating, you know, mm, out yeah. of 10. And the, you, that's how I get my final score, you right. know, because it's got to be best out of five. And I, you know, whatever. It, it, <laughs> I think I put way more into this than it really needs to be, but, uh, it, I do want to, you know, this band spent, you know, probably months writing this stuff and I don't want to give it just 10 minutes of my time. I, and be I like, absolutely hey. do. Fair share. Yep. 
But I just love, I just love, love, love when I come across a band that I'd never heard of and they just completely blow me away. Yeah, Um, it's a great feeling, right? Yeah, yeah, that that band in Houston, Necrofire. Necrofire. Yes, Necrofire. Lordy, that's a good album. That's such a good name. I've never heard them before, so I'm going to check them out. So with with Christian Larson, who uh, they're all local guys. Uh, The drummer is Dauber Beverly. I've known Dauber for like, dude 25 years that's cool uh when he was just a young and uh he's the he's uh i've never heard infernal dominion uh been in, he's been in a bunch of local stuff but oceans of slumber is his main uh, baby yes um, i know them yeah oh yeah uh he's a phenomenal phenomenal musician uh but yeah necrofire they play here quite often uh, I need to go up. We have a lo- when when you come down here, Christian. I'll take you to some of the uh, the cool record shops, and Sound Exchange is one of them. I need to p- go by there and pick it up. I have the Necrofire cassette that I picked up one day. <laughs> I got to get the vinyl, you know. Oh, it's a great record. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, Oceans of Slumber is a great band all on its own. I I actually I called them one day the uh, the Opus of North America. Yeah. They would probably they, really they, appreciate that. They, yeah. they they have you know there's their song structures. I mean, if you listen closely, there's there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah. Um, you know, the length of their songs are usually a little bit on the longer side as well. Um I can't remember the singer's name, but she's got a freaking yeah. amazing voice. Cammy Gilbert. Yep. Yeah. Gilbert. It's an amazing uh, voice. She was on the last Arion album. Yeah. Transitus. And she, yeah, well, not the best Arion album by right. a long shot, but right. uh, she made it worth it. So if, uh, if you haven't heard Malignant Altar, they just put out an EP too, uh, featuring some of the same guys. Um, Christian Larson used to be in Venomous Maximus. He's a Night Cobra now. He's the guy that actually is putting on the Hell to Heroes show, Christian, if you didn't know that. Nice. I That's cool. Uh, and then Dauber, you've to me you might have to like go check out some of these things but i have all these old local albums demoniacal genuflection infernal dominion uh ingurgitate malignant altar sect of execration brace for nails insect warfare war master all these bands viral load yeah he's a phenomenal drummer and he's an amazing musician too because he he writes piano too, so that's cool. He writes a lot of his stuff on the piano, and he plays it. He's just phenomenal. Good dude too. I mean, they wouldn't remember this, but they actually were here at a place called Vaudeville Muse in downtown Des Moines, and Who I was? saw Ocean, Oceans of Slumber. Oceans. Yeah, and I bought a bunch of their merch, and you know, it's about the only thing you can do anymore to support bands. I mean, yeah. the, the the days of bands, you know, having private jets or, you know, that's over and done with. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So at this point, the only thing you can really do is, to, you know, drop some money. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the new oceans. It's going to be, uh, it's very going to be very different. You think so? I think so. I think it's going to be so. more uh, softer tones, a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know about softer tones, but uh, from some of the production stuff they were talking about um, when they were working, they went to New York, I believe, to, to work on it. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's gonna be, be some interesting stuff coming up. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. So, if you want to plug yourself real quick again, and uh... sure, 
so I'm Carrie the Metal Geek. I am the co-host and founder of the Metal Geeks podcast, as well as MSRcast, which stands for Mainstream Resistance Podcast. That's the short <laughs> version of it. Um, we've been doing it since 2005, and uh, I've been a metalhead for most of my life, man. And this is just, just a small way that, number one, we can, you know, broaden people's like metal taste and their musical That's horizons. Exactly. And we get to hang out. We get to, you know, talk about stuff. Metal Geeks, we talk about metal, but we also talk about video games and film and, uh, you know, comic books and whatever else we're geeking out on that week. If it's, you know, apparently there's been a lot of trip reports. So, um, but we just have a good time. Uh, it's it's myself and then my uh, co-host, Brutal Dave, who, um, if you've never seen his his artwork, he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant artist. His whole family is really. Uh, our other co-host is George, who uh, not the biggest metalhead, so that's why we have our segment "George Hates Metal," which is a lot of fun. Sometimes <laughs> he'll surprise me, um, but he's a big movie. film. He's a big film buff, so that's his his claim. And then we'll have uh, the metal detector on a lot. His his name is Justin, good friend of ours. And now that I know Christian has a way to uh, get his audio across. He might be joining us a few times. Right. Open All invitation, right. Christian, man. You're 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 available whenever you want. All right. All right. The same with you, Dave, man. Dave and man, if, anytime you want to come on, we're gonna have a good time. Thank you. Appreciate that, Carrie. I, I, and again, like for me, it's it's the same thing that you're saying. I think being able to network and and or yep. share the music with other people. Because for such a long time, I was like, no, I don't want anybody to find out about this band. Uh, I don't want, you know, and, and now I'm like, you know what? You have to start just sharing it with people. Just start checking it out. Um, I think that's great. You know, especially recently, you know, working, you know, I work in education and seeing some of the kiddos and they're just like, I feel like, hey, man, let me steer you in the right direction. <laughs> Let's not listen to that stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, and so, you know, they're still in the early Slipknot phase, you know? Yeah. The, the earlier stuff. But, so, you, know, you know, those are those are bands. I mean, they're heavy. Um, they have their place. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they, but yeah, you just have to move move around and discover yeah. bands that, well, who are the bands that influence Slipknot? Let's go from there, you know? Yeah, the, yeah, so... You know, let's step, let's start getting away from the gateway bands. Let's just say that, you know. Yep. So for sure. So I just want to say, guys, it's been a pleasure having you on board. Look forward to doing a podcast with you soon. And Christian, you, again, we're gonna do this again, hopefully soon. All right. Uh, so hopefully thank you I'll have a camera by then. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, man, you could you could probably get one for like fifty or sixty bucks. I don't remember how much I paid for mine. I've had, I, I want to say like $70, $60. So it's, it's, nah, affordable. No it's not too bad. So, all right, guys. We're all right. Thanks a lot. Keep it metal guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs>